0: Yo, what's going on, everybody? We are back for another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 77. We are (laughs) we are talking ALC East team outlooks. (laughs) 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 That's all random. You said Luca. Luca
2: 77, man. Pretty good pull though.
0: yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, you know, we got Ike here with the with the whole random Luca uh, in the background. <laughs> of course, on this episode, you hear another voice. We got a guest on this show talking AOC East. This special guest today has been on our show a few times already. He is one of the hosts. Of, uh, he is the host of the Game Plan and co-host of Trade Gods with the under under the Roto Underworld Network. You can follow him on Twitter at Matty Kuom. Of course, we got bringing our
2: friend of the show, Maddie Kuam. How you doing today, man? Appreciate you hopping on, boys. It's good to be back. I mean, I miss you guys. I said that when you guys texted me, like I haven't talked to you guys in a long time. I miss you. I'm glad to be on. And 77. Congrats! You know, putting together shows week in and week out. I get you guys know that stuff ain't easy. So 77. Good job. Congrats. You're approaching yeah, we, 100. No easy feat.
1: Approaching 100, man. We're gonna we're gonna get to 100. I hope maybe by the. Uh... Maybe in the middle of the point of the regular season, man, we got to do something special for that one hundred show, man. We Got to do something and, special for that one.
2: And, like, you just back yourself in the corner. If I tune into uh, any more of your shows and you don't got a player from the rafters, like you just dropped Luca, I'm going to be disappointed. So you got <laughs> to be on your P's and Q's. 78, 79, 80, you got to get all those uh, things loaded up ready to go.
1: Well, hey, at least with the 80s, that gets easier. But with 78 and 79, yes. I mean, those are going to be kind of hard. Uh, 90s, t- I think 90, Uh, 90 Julius Peppers. You know, that's easy. 91. We'll, we'll, I like we'll see. You know, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: I, I, I like what you did there, Matt. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, now that, that might be need to be your thing now since, <laughs> since you did it with the Luca. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why
0: would you say Luca every time? Because it's cause it just <laughs> Luca. <laughs> All right, real quick. Before we get into the show, Matt, go ahead and, you know, just, you know, let us know where we can find some of your stuff, what you've got, uh, you know, going on right now, what you might got planned, you know, in the coming weeks before we start the season.
2: Got everything's going on over at Player Profiler, Uh, the game plan, Trey Gods, like you mentioned. Man, him on Twitter, tweeting everything out. We're basically in Dynasty startup season. We're knocking on the door for our redraft leagues. And the season's going to kick off before we know it. I mean, we're, we're past the 4th of July threshold. We're, you know, Scott Fishbowl's kicked off. That's like the unofficial start of fantasy football. So we're in it. So we got a whole lot going on. And uh, if you just can't get enough of me after the show, you can kind of like what I'm doing. You can go over to Patreon, the patreon.com slash executives. I have my uh, Patreon with me and Cody Carpentier. Oh, nice. Nice. I didn't even know y'all
0: had one. Okay. I might need to, uh you know, holler at you after this to go the, tap the in with the executives.
1: The executives. Yes, sir.
0: <laughs> All right. Yes, no, sir. No, you talking about the Scott Fish Bowl, How's your team doing? I know you entered in, I know you're backing it this year. What's your team looking
2: like right now? What division are you in? I am in the Cheez It division, uh, also known as, and we have to be one of the slowest drafters uh, Room so far. We are only in round seven. Uh, oh, really? I've made six picks. I started at the one oh two. My team so far is Jalen Hurts. Amon Ross St. Brown, Jalen Waddell, Kirk Cousins, Joe Mixon, and Kenneth Walker the third. Those are my nice. first six picks. Oh, nice. Matches. Okay.
0: Yeah. So quest quick quest question. I want to I wanna get your, your thoughts on like your process. What made you, you know? Of course you gotta go Jalen Hurts. I'm assuming you were 102,
2: 103, Right? Yeah. I started with the one oh two. So my plan okay, was okay. To go, I wanted the 104, and the reason why I wanted 104 mm-hmm. because I wanted to push. Uh, I wanted Hurts; he was my target going into the draft. Uh, but I felt like at 104 would be the furthest point that I could push that because this mm-hmm. is the third round reversal in Scott Fishbowl. So you want as far back in that first round because you're gonna get you're gonna make up for it in the second and third rounds. Yeah, 104 was taken, and I, I didn't in 103, 104 was taken. I didn't want to go 105. I went 102. Because it put me in the driver's seat to uh, get one of these quarterbacks. Then, after I had picked my spot, the, the bombshell was dropped, which was the scoring settings, which now propelled Travis Kelsey to the top yep. part of the freaking draft. So, at yep. that point, I was like, oh, at 102, I might have my chance to get Pat Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, which would have been a, a conundrum. I would have wasted probably six and a half hours of my eight hours to make that pick. I would have had been making some tough choices here. But one thing I've noticed, and I'm curious to hear what you guys say about this, and Gene, I'd love to hear about your build so far and where you started. I I wish I would have had a little bit more foresight. I would have sat at the 107-109 area Mm because Justin Herbert is poised to absolutely smash with these scoring settings. And if I could have got, like in our league, the Cheez-It League, that, that division, Herbert went 108. So now you're talking yep. about the fifth pick in the second and third rounds. You have a chance to truly get a massive build with that start. So I kind of wish I had pushed it back a little bit. But, you know, I know a couple of people who uh, started the 112 and they came away with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. And I know that's not as appealing given the scoring settings. It doesn't make people as excited as it should be. But, man, if you're looking at your roster and you got Chase and Jefferson and you're not excited, what are we even doing here? yeah
0: so it's funny that you brought up the chase jefferson stack because i know a lot of people were posting it on twitter i saw cody Mm -hmm. coppentier he posted his yep we talked about it in the destination debbie discord uh if you want to tap in with that uh we talked about you know kind of you know strategy wise how you should be attacking the scott fishing uh you know scott connor you know mr dynasty himself he he really questioned or pushed back on the thought of like what what would be your plan if you were to start off with jefferson and chase knowing that you missed that out on one of the you know top you know six, seven quarterbacks, and you missed out on you know probably you know the very difference making running backs. Cause if you if you looked at the warp chart outside like the top, you know, like you know, four or five wide receivers, it's all pretty much plateaus. Everybody's pretty much the same. Uh tight ends is pretty much the same after, you know, Kelsey is just a big drop off after that. Mm-hmm. Uh and the scoring setting is really way towards your your running back. So he felt like it, you're doing yourself a disservice by being behind the eight ball in the quarterback position, which is, you know, the most elite position. And then on top of you not being able to, you know, get, you know, like a running back to, you know, to shore up your, your room. So, you know, kind of discussing that, um, it was before, like, I already made my picks, but in my head, my my thought process was like, I got. I, st- I went through the 110 because I wanted that reversal, and I felt like mm-hmm. I felt like Herbert was gonna drop drop that far, but he 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 ended up going 107. So once 110 got to me, I just went and took Jefferson because me taking a you know the elite wide receiver, I don't have to worry about that until like round seven, round eight before I start really you know trying to fill out the rest of my roster. And then when on um, two three. I went Watson because I missed out on the elite quarterback, but I got one that I feel like that that can definitely push the top top six this year. You know, granted that he has a full you know full off season and he's Mm going to be the guy from game one. Um, So I felt like that was a good move there. And then uh, the reversal uh, third pick, fourth pick, fifth pick were all running backs. I took Josh Jacobs. I took Ramondre Stevenson, your guy on your favorite team, and Mm -hmm. then uh, Aaron Jones uh, to round out that. that. So because I wanted to, yeah, I wanted to make sure that my running back room was solid. Uh and definitely in this scoring setting, uh, you're better off flexing a running back over any other position because of the you know the amount of scoring that's weighted towards running back. So I wanted to make sure to do that. Then I went in and stacked uh Watson with with Cooper uh in round oh, six and then, and then round Yeah, yeah. I expect him another big year this year. He's quietly had a a wide receiver one season. I just expect him to you know come back again. And then I I wanted to I wanted to make sure I got my second quarterback here. I was Hoping that Bryce Young made it, but this dude went the beginning of the sixth, so I ended up going Kenny Pickett, somebody I, I feel like the offense should be a little bit better this year, so that's my team so far.
2: The only pushback I have on going 2-2 two, two running back heavy early is we all play fantasy football, and we all know that by week whatever, Devin Singletary, Roshan Johnson, Tajay Spears, Chuba Hubbard, these bums get elevated to the top, and the scoring reflects whether you're an elite running back or a bum that gets pushed into, right, like, you know, running back one opportunity, yeah. so there is a way to go, uh, you know, kind of circumvent that if you are the type that went, you know, elite re- re- receivers at the top. You could kind of, if you get lucky, but of, of course, like playing for luck is not great strategy. It's just you're not dead in the water if you didn't go super, super running back heavy, in my opinion. But yes. the third round reversal in the way the scoring is, like Cody got Dak Prescott three one. Not bad. And and you're talking about getting Deshaun there at that, you know, that basically the the 2-1, I think he's right. You said 2-1. You got Deshaun like 2-3. So now you're cooking like those guys at the end of the year. Will there be a huge difference between Deshaun Watson in that elite tier? The Cleveland Browns certainly don't think so because they put a ton into the passing game. So, you know, I think the thing, what I've taken away from Scott Fishbowl given the scoring is Man, I probably should have taken like your pick, the one ten, and just see what what falls my way. It's not a dynasty yeah. startup. Dynasty startup, you want to make sure you lock in those quarterbacks. I don't want to miss that initial eight or nine quarterbacks that go off the board. But in Scott Fish, the way the scoring is, you can kind of finag a little bit easier.
0: Yeah, that's very true. And one thing I've also noticed that they also talked about in there is like, you know how the last, you know, this past season we've been going, you know, coming into this season, uh in underdog drafts. People are going even more, you know, uh, wide receiver crazy. Mm-hmm. So he usually does the opposite of what the masses are doing. That's how he's reflecting the scoring. So remember last year, I believe wide receiver scoring was was up compared mm-hmm. to you know, uh, the running backs. And now this year it's kind of flipped. To see what people are doing, people are still like, you know, let me let me get let me get wide, running uh, wide receivers just like if we're playing underdog. So I mean, we'll see how it goes because at the end of the day, you need a unique build to try to win this whole thing anyway. So for sure, no, all we can do is just talk about our, our thought process behind it.
2: Yeah. And everyone loves their team. I mean, if you go on Twitter right now (laughs) and type in hashtag SMB 13, everyone's like, I love it. I love it. It's like, you know, fantasy could not football. One on one
1: with this start could not be happier. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: I can't believe yeah. they let me start with this start oh, draft God. with I, this
2: roster. Yeah. you know, well, someone's on Twitter right now going, "You know what, guys? I, this might be. I might be the only person saying it, but I love this team build. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, n- it never fails." All
0: right, Saquon Barkley, man. We keep hearing him talking about he might not. Now he's talking about he might not play week one. What are your thoughts about him, you know, holding out to, you know, this deadline of Monday?
1: I I don't uh, I, at the end of the day, it'll be much to do about nothing. I don't think this meet. I don't think this matters at all. He's on the franchise tag. Of course, the running back is unhappy being on the franchise tag. He wants a long term deal. Running backs are often disrespected. But when it's all said and done, he there's no upside for him holding out. Right. I mean. Because the new CBA, the new CBA, they're going to be levying more fines, and it really just makes you holding out essentially useless. And so, when it's all said and done, he'll he'll end up playing. Maybe he is serious about sitting out week one. It's it's one week, and then he'll probably get it resolved by week two, or maybe get it resolved before the season starts, and Saquon back in your fantasy lineups, and he'll be tearing shit up again. So I I don't really I'm taking this report with a grain of salt. For the most part.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of with you on this. Like, I he's just too good. And the, the, the process of holding out has been proven to be a horrible one. So his agent is not going to be pulling for him to do that. You know, people in his corner are not going to be telling you, you know, Saquon, that's the move. The move is going to be just play it strong, play it hard, play it, you know, be strict, draw that sand line. And like you said, by Halloween, it'll be much to do about nothing. He'll be on the field. And if you miss a game, you miss a game. But the 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 Giants. They need this guy. If they want to win, they need Saquon Barkley. They, you know, they they're kind of deprived of pass catching weapons this year. Uh, if you're big on Darren Waller, good. He probably is going to eat. But what do they got after that? You know, we're really looking at Wando Robinson, Jalen Hyatt. It's a bunch of we don't know. We know that Saquon is one of the best to to do it in recent generations, and I think they come to come come to grips with making the the, the you know make make give him the money that he deserves. I mean, he's the best player, one of the best players in his position. But man. Wow. I would wow. not wow, have my man. son play
1: running back. Wow, I would the, the, the Isaiah Hodgins and Darius Slayton disrespect.
2: <laughs> Dude, I mean, listen. Who? <laughs> <laughs> Darius Ho- Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins are four years away from competing in the Fantasy Football Expo flag football
1: tournament. <laughs> 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 no disrespect. Oh, They're way more athletic than I could ever uh, dream. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. um, I mean, I agree with y'all, like, I understand he wants his money, but he doesn't have no leverage here. Like, even if he starts sitting out games, you're going to have to play at least six games to count as an a, a mm-hmm. NFL in, year. In the so.
1: crew season, right?
0: Yeah. So, you're going to play. So, you can play hardball, but he's going to play. I don't really take this word serious. Okay, you missed game one, then you play the rest of the season, then what? So. Yeah. Yeah,
2: it's not for me. you have any fish in your leagues that roster, Saquon, I am texting that person every day. Saquon ain't playing this year, buddy. <laughs> no. Saquon's done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just, you but you, you, you just
1: got to plant, plant that chip in their head <laughs> so they can. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep, sounds just
0: good. Away. All right, Alvin Kamari, I know you all saw the news of him. Uh, no contest. I mean, Roger Goodell is still going to suspend him. We, we know this is the part of this the playbook where he's like, okay, so you're not going to get you're not gonna get anything legally happen to you? All right, I'm about to drop the hammer on you. So uh, I expect him to miss probably four, six games. In terms of drafts, how do you all handle it? I know an underdog right now is going around like 100, 101, somewhere around there, uh, which is like the ninth round. Do you think with you know, getting more clarity, he should move up, should move down? How are you handling Alvin Kamara in your – you know your your draft's coming up, or maybe even right now, if you have them, if you're in the midst
1: of drafting. I'm I'm not me personally. I'm not reaching for him, but I I, I definitely don't mind drafting where he's at right now. And I know his ADP is going to climb throughout the summer, especially over the next couple of weeks, given that news just came out. We're expecting a four to maybe six game suspension, like you said. I think four. I think I think they'll ultimately settle on four. This kind of help, helped. This kind of helped him a little bit because. I was under the impression that he was going to get maybe 6 to 8. Mm-hmm. But now we're we're probably looking at a lower a lower range and a lower a little bit of a lower punishment, but hey, you never know. You never know with Roger Gadell, right? He can definitely surprise us and just suspend suspend him for for 10 games. And we're like, "What the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> this wasn't part of the script. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, but I I've, I've been in drafts where I've seen him go as late as like the one like 130 to pick 132. And that was probably about a month or so ago. But now I think he's he, he's he's his his ADP is going to creep up, and I think I. As a matter of fact, in one of the most recent uh, poodles that just went away and uh, that just filled, I drafted him. I think it picked like one 101 or something like that. So, uh, that that's kind of where he's going to go, I think, and or where, where he's going to go right now, and then he will just continue to climb throughout the summer.
2: In my underdog drafts, I'll take him. Uh, you know, after pick a hundred, if he's there, I'll take it because it's the best ball. You don't have to really worry about it, but. In my dynasty formats, I do not really want to touch Alvin Kamara. And the suspension is really just the cherry on top because last season was his first season where his underlying metrics, his efficiency metrics, were not good. It was, you know, mm-hmm. his fantasy reduction was supported on the fact that he had the second highest route participation rate and the third highest target share amongst running backs. But his breakaway run rate was 48th in the league. He was sub 50 evaded tackles. That was 28th. Juke rate was 49th. Yards per touch, true yards per carry, both outside of the top 25. He is going to turn 28 this season, so he's past that age apex. And me, I am a believer in Kendra Miller. I think Kendra Miller is going to be a stud in the NFL, and he's only 21 years old. He's coming, and he's coming quick. And on top of that, Jamal's there. Jamal's there, and we can all, you know, him and haw about what we feel about Jamal Williams. The truth is when that guy gets into a locker room, he commands respect. And he commands a role, And he saw that he could convert on 17 one-yard rushing touchdowns. <laughs> but at the same time, if that's going to be his role, that's just another facet of the game that is taken away from Alvin Kamara. So I would say if you roster Alvin Kamara in your dynasty leagues and the suspension comes out that it's only four or, or no suspension, let's say it's the best-case scenario, that's what I'm really trying to sell to try to actually get 80 cents on the dollar. Now you know what I mean. If you try to sell now, everyone's gonna tell you to piss off. But I just—it's yeah. not even the suspension that's making me worried about Kamara. It's the—it's the efficiency metrics and his competition going into 2023. Yeah, and then you can't forget—you still
0: got the Taysom Hill experience still hanging around too. So I want
1: to give him carries too. So.
2: <laughs> when you have when you have Man. a 72 year old former BYU H back quarterback hybrid you gotta use is, them. you
0: gotta use them. you gotta do it
1: you gotta use yeah. them.
0: all right last piece of news i want to talk about is the d hop odds uh, that moved from what plus what 200 i think plus 500 now 500. to minus 300 mm-hmm. to now minus 300 for tennessee to land him um I do not like that for everybody, honestly. Um, I mean,
1: at the end of the day, what it looks like is that he's gonna settle. He's gonna he's he, he's being forced to settle because he 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 called out that report about the ring chasing in Buffalo, literally had bull emoji and then shit emoji next to it. <laughs> seriously, like if you, if you look yeah, at solid, I, yeah, I solid. So he basically ruled that out. And yeah, this is just a. It's obviously it's not good for Traylon Burks, but it could help other other people on the offense. Um, actually, it, it may not even be good for Chigo Conquo because that's everybody's favorite breakout tight end. One of mine as well. Mm-hmm. I like Chigo Conquo a lot. Uh, we'll talk about you know the the AFC South in a couple of weeks, Gene. But yeah, I, it, it's it it's not good for all for for the pass catchers. It may help Derek Henry though keep keep a you know extra defender out of the box. Continue to have you know open running lanes for him, but yeah, Hop D Hop in Tennessee, eh, just be- maybe benefit whoever's throwing him the ball, whether it's Tannehill or Will Levis, and then potentially Derek Henry. But that's about it.
2: I this is there are certain times uh, as a fan of football where I just hate the business end of it, and this is one of those situations. Saquon Barkley is also one of those. But the fact that everyone can't line up to bring D Hop aboard. It sucks because he's still super talented. He's one of the greatest receivers of this generation. And two of the best teams that are going for ring just simply don't want to give him any money. And as a professional athlete, why should he subject himself to taking, you know, 40% of the deal that he can potentially get somewhere else? It just kind of sucks. And then we are seeing the desperation mode. uh, Reports came out today that he's waiting to hear from the Chiefs if they can make him you know, maneuver the salary cap around and make it happen. It's not. It sucks. And him going to Tennessee is the worst case scenario because it flatlines two guys that we were hoping would see a ton of volume because D. still that dude. He will command a ton of targets. So that's going to suppress the ceiling of Traylor Burks, suppress the volume we were all hoping Shagosian was going to get in Tennessee. So it's really just the worst case scenario. But I will say this as fantasy gamers, everyone should now be rooting for Will Levis because the only hope that we have. Is that Will Levis does become a competent or above average quarterback, and he can support all three of those pass catchers? Ryan Tannehill simply ain't going to do it. He can maybe get D Hop, wide receiver two, but then you're looking at Traylon Burt's not firing in year two. Chagosium not really firing at the level that we're drafting him at. It's really a doomsday scenario for D Hop and company.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you brought Will Levis because they keep talking about how. Uh... Uh, Malik Willis is outperforming him. Uh, has has outperformed him in you know in you know OTAs or whatnot. But I guess we'll see whenever training camp starts to see how real that
2: is. And then, um, and
1: then also another note about that: he's outperforming him, but still may not make the roster.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <He's laughs> That's the most, it's the headline. So that was, in all of okay. I was
0: about to talk about that, but I'm glad you said that. That is it,
1: that they, is that is such a wildly. A wild yeah. a wild headline. Like Bro, what? How, how far of a <laughs> spectrum is
0: that like you're outperforming him, but you still won't make the team. Okay. Uh you know, the that, earlier.
1: The, the guy the guy that you're outperforming will still end up Yeah. <laughs> <It's>
2: ridiculous. <laughs>
1: it's ridiculous. Yeah.
2: The draft capital is not I mean it's like a round or so different, right? Willis was taken in third. I mean, uh yeah, Willis was in the third, Levis in the second. Yeah. It's just it's a crazy thing that they my guess if I had to read between the lines and kind of, you know kind of parse out the tea leaves is malik willis is good in the clubhouse malik willis is a guy you want in your squad and they're doing the kid a favor so that if he is cut a team would bring him back bring him aboard and give him a shot at some point that's my guess because it's like like you said like it's a wild thing to say this guy's performing like the best quarterback on our team but we're gonna cut him anyway that just sounds so insane
1: yeah yeah
2: so two things before we move
0: on to our our our, uh, first team Maddie, good job on the uh, peon- the, the pronunciation of our Najah brother. Uh, I'm sure if he listens to this, that he'll appreciate you saying his name correctly. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it, I, I, I salute you for that. Number two, uh, on Twitter, I saw a, a collage of of uh, you know our favorite wide receivers going to Tennessee and dying. There was a collage of Randy Moss. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> you no. Know, <laughs> I forgot you about got, Randy. Uh, yeah. You got Andre uh, Johnson, Andre Johnson. You got And you got Julio, Julio Jones, Jones, who all did nothing when they went there. So just you know, keep that in mind with with your hopes and desires. If D Hop lands there, maybe his his outcome might be a little bit different. But it's not looking it's not looking too good.
1: And know, the, too. And, the, and just just last thing here, those guys they were at the literal end of their careers, right? Um, oh yeah, literal like Randy Moss. He was he was tired. Like he was just tired. He was like done. He, he, <laughs> like I did not want to play no more. And he he actually he he did go on to play for San Francisco for for a year or two. Yeah, he but, didn't do anything. But he didn't he didn't do much. Andre Johnson. I think that was his last stop. And then you know Julio Jones had a, a very forgettable year in Tennessee and came mm-hmm. he went to Tampa. Couldn't could not stay in the lineup. Nope. Stayed hurt. And I think he's still a free agent right now. But, yeah, it's so we'll, we'll see. I mean, we, we saw Hopkins had a lot of production when he came back last year. I think he had yep. 10 targets a game. So yep. we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yep. All right. AFC East team outlooks. All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is, you know, we got to start it off with our guest favorite team, the New England Patriots. <laughs> yeah, you got the the, the willford jersey in the background. Salute to, uh, to, you know, one of the best D tackles that uh that clogged up run holes. Um, all right, so <laughs> <laughs> moves. They brought Bill O'Brien back as OC. You know, thank goodness because they didn't know what they were doing at OC. But Matt Patricia, that's just like a god-awful, just like, I don't know if they were trying to flex. Like, yeah, we could just put anybody here and make it work. Just vibes. Um, just bail. vibes. Yeah, just vibes <laughs> only, Yeah. And I and uh, guys,
2: I also can't tell you how far back it set fat guys with beards. he, like he did, he did all of us a disservice. He, bro he, on, he's, he's, I, I can't remember
0: what staff he's on now, but he cut he cut his hair, he cut his beard.
2: He's
1: in Philly. He looks
0: like yeah, he looks like a completely different person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: Maybe does, he just does needed. Does he still it. wear that stupid ass pencil over his left ear or right ear? Uh,
0: I can't remember. I saw a picture, his staff picture. I want to say the pencil was still there, but uh, I gotta go back and check. Uh, uh, at least, it, at least he cut off the stink from what he did the previous season.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. They resigned Devonte Parker. You know, Mister. I'm him himself. I mean, even though the contract, and when you look at the the guaranteed money, wasn't that much, but the fact that they you know went and resigned him to a three year deal just showed us that they thought he he's he's one of those guys. So they just had to do it for whatever reason. Uh, They signed Mike Gusecki to a one-year deal. We'll see what what happens with that. And then they signed Juju to a three-year deal. We'll also see with that. So, um, yeah, Maddie, what did you think about the moves that your team made?
2: First and foremost, the the Bill O'Brien hire is massive. It's so uh, monumental for the development of the team in real life and also for fantasy gamers because now, you know, Mac Jones showed promise in year one, and now we can expect that he should get back on track, and if he doesn't, it's on him. It's not the situation that he's in. This should be good for the, the the whole offense. The way Bill O'Brien has been able to diagnose plays, whether it be in the pros or in college, has always been in the top tier because we give him a lot of hate. He gets a lot of hate for what he did in Houston, but the truth is he developed Deshaun Watson, and developing a quarterback is damn near the hardest thing to do in all the sports. He did that, and if it wasn't for the New England Patriots facing off against the Texans every dang year, Maybe they make a run one year and all of a sudden this guy isn't as hated as he was in Houston. But he comes in and I really like what they what they're doing. They bring in Mike Isecki, like you mentioned. Last year that he was the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, and I know these are vastly more talented players here, but that was the year Gronk had his seventeen touchdown bananas this season, and Aaron Hernandez had a seven hundred yard season with seven touchdowns. So he does draw up plays where two tight ends can get get, get some get some opportunities and score. And for us in fantasy. So I, I love the signing with Bill Bryant. It's my favorite thing that they did by far. It's now giving the Mac Jones and company the chance to succeed. And it's on them if they don't. I'm really, I was really, really pulling for them to get DeAndre Hopkins. I still am holding out a little bit of hope. I think DeAndre is that forget perfect it, last over. piece. <laughs> they did it? They I signed said, him? No, I said forget no. it. It's over. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> don't do that to me. Don't do that to me. Like, Don't do that. Don't do that to me. Come on. Why well, you got to do that?
1: I'm gonna be the I mean, Grinch. No, you don't. You don't. Yeah, get, you don't grinch. get no moves. Yeah. You don't yeah. get no wide receiver moves. <laughs> no,
2: well, but I mean, I just I guess he's not coming here now. You heard it at first. Ike says no. He's not coming
1: here. <laughs> well, <laughs> but no. actually, Vegas, Vegas said no because they're Tennessee. What they, <laughs> are
2: they at now? What are they at now?
1: Oh, yeah, I need I I need to look at that. I don't know, I don't know where Cuz you uh, also have to
2: remember the whole Will Levis shake up the day before the draft or two days before the draft. That he was a wild from like swing. Plus wild. 100 was, down to like bro. plus 200 or whatever. Dude, yeah.
0: Wild. Somebody made a lot of money. Uh no, Vegas made a lot of money from that swing, man. Oh, that yeah. was crazy.
2: That crazy. was crazy. So may I you know holding out hope, hold, but no, the moves that they made, they're not really they're not flashy, uh but they were needed. It is an improvement. And there are a few guys on this team, though, that I am excited. And because there was such a dumpster fire last year, pretty much everyone outside of Ramondre can be had later in your drafts. So you don't have to invest the time to get them on your roster.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's go ahead and talk about some of these players. Um, you, know, you talked about pretty much all of them are guys that you can just kind of get later in drafts because, I mean, it's just a bunch of, like, the, the groups are just kind of meh. Like, if you... Look at the wide receiver room like Juju, Taekwon Ty- Thornton, Devontae Parker, Kendrick Bourne. These guys don't really, they're not really like those guys that you just rush to have in your lineup. If you play in lineup leagues, like you're going to be, you're like literally making like a decision down Do I need to, do I have to play this guy this week or, mm-hmm. or what? So I don't, what are your thoughts about, you know, the wide receiver room? I, I mean, all these guys, I don't, if you're, if I'm playing lineup, I'm not even, Touching any of these guys except for Juju, and that's even still like, uh eh, Do I well,
1: before 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 y'all dive into that? The odds for the Patriots to land uh, Hopkins is plus four hundred right now.
2: Oh, I'm about to throw some down So you know, <laughs> it's
1: it's not it's not uh they're not super long odds, but um you know, obviously Tennessee's at three hundred, but the Bills are at plus eight hundred, Kansas City plus eight hundred, and the Detroit Lions plus twenty five hundred. Which that would be the best fit for Hopkins to be honest, out of yeah. all these teams. Um, nah, I mean, it,
2: yeah, I, I, but he's going to the Patriots. You heard it here first. You go know the Patriots. <laughs> all right, wide <well>, <laughs> receiver room. Uh, what are your thoughts, Maddie? I love Juju at value right now. I think that because of his skill set and the fact that they brought him in for the money they did. I think that we could see a season where he gets to 140 targets, 130 targets, which is great for a guy in your PPR leagues. Uh, So I do like Juju Spatrusha, but I am nervous about that knee injury. He has yet to practice with the Patriots. So that's something I'm monitoring uh, pretty closely. But outside of that, I'm not, I don't really care about Devontae Parker. That extension was the biggest fugues in the history of extensions. Uh, it, it was, <laughs> there's a saying now going around in uh, you know Boston sports media that now extensions will be known as either extensions or Patriots extensions and Patriot guarantees because that contract, it, it, what it did was it was a move to drop down his base salary to $1.2 million in 2023 to sign DeAndre Hopkins, like put that in the books. I will take a late flyer in uh, my, you know, my best ball drafts on on Traquan Thornton uh, because he is fast. They did see something in him. They remember all the receivers they took him over last year. You know, they mm-hmm. took him over a ton of those second round receivers, including George Pickens. Now, I I am not the type to put draft capital on a pedestal when it's probably a mistake because I think we could all agree that the Patriots would better serve having George Pickens than having Trayquan Thornton, but. In my late round uh, of even redraft, if it's a deep enough roster, I'll take a shot on him late because if there is no DeAndre Hopkins signing, they're gonna have to utilize that kid more. And he does have the size and he does have the speed. And the one thing about Mac Jones, and this is shout out to to Ray G. He's he's been praising this since his days at Alabama. Mac Jones is a very good deep ball, and if he can start connecting with Traquan deep, that could be really really beneficial for your underdog drafts. And you can get Thornton. I mean, he's pretty much. Free 99 at this point. Yep.
1: Yeah, all, all of the Patriots receivers are cheap, and Mac Jones is cheap as well. But, I mean, Juju, he had a really, really good situation last year in Kansas City with the best quarterback in the league. He only finishes the wide receiver 36 points per game. That's not uh, – I don't know, man. I, I don't, he, I don't but know. But you got to remember, he,
2: was, he got rocked in one of those games. And he had 933 receiving yards. He had a good season. He just only had three touchdowns if he didn't do that underhand flip to McKinnon let's just say some of those touchdowns go to, to Juju. I think we're looking at a top 30 season and that's what we're kind of hoping for going forward. But 101 targets with Pat Mahomes or 130 targets as your wide receiver one in your PPR formats, I'm going I'm going to take a I'm going to take a shot on Juju. Okay, so quick question cuz I feel like that 130 is very aggressive. very, it's mean,
1: very ambitious yeah. to me.
0: How many did... Because he's playing the role of uh, Jacoby Myers. Did Jacoby ever have that many targets? I don't recall him ever seeing 130
2: w- at his well, time with England. We It's a redefined role, because it's a whole new offense that we're putting in okay. place. In and, and, and Jacoby Myers saw 126 targets in 2021. Okay. So there I is a precedent Jacoby, for that. And I know and, and Jacoby was very last year, so... Okay. Yeah, he played 14 games last year. He had 95 targets, so... You know, he probably would have finished under that 126 and 130 is ambitious. But those are that's the type of upside that or not the upside, that's just kind of the optimism that I'm showing for Juju Smith Schuster that I think he can get to that level. Um now if Nuke Hopkins comes into town, I think you can that craters uh you know quite a bit because you know DeAndre's is still gonna be the target monster that he's been. Um uh, but one other factor that I'm throwing out there, and this is something that I love to call bro science. I can't necessarily quantify it, but it's just something I feel in my gut. The AFC East, it, you know, we're talking about four really, well, three really good offenses and a team that's going to have to play catch up, which is the Patriots. So there is going to be a lot of points to be scored. The Patriots are going to have to throw the football, and you know, as much as Bill Belichick wants to run a 1920 style offense where he just hands the ball off a million times, Romandre is not that type of guy. Ramondre is better serviced. Putting him out, you know, running some wheel routes, getting him in the flats, getting him to catch some passes. That's where he really excelled last year. So I don't think that they're built to run the ball a ton. I think they are built more now to chuck the rock.
0: So real quick about the Patriots, they have 214 available targets this year. So I mean, it's I mean, it's a good chance that he can he can he can definitely see over 100, granted if his knee is you know healthy. Because yeah, I did see that same report that. He hasn't done anything, so mm-hmm. that's scary. the only thing. He, the only thing he's done is dance at the White House. So it's um, it's I know it's interesting.
1: I know there's no, man. somewhere.
2: How can you dance at the White House but you can't run some routes? You can't get on the <laughs> practice field with the guys.
1: I know, I know. There's somewhere maybe in an alternate universe where Keishawn Boutte, sixth round pick, ends up leading the team in targets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm, that's not
1: gonna happen. No, but no, I, I honestly, <laughs> I honestly think the, the the guy that's gonna lead the Patriots in targets is not any of the receivers. It's gonna be Ramondre Stevenson, because that's the guy that he he was he was the, he was the guy last year. He had a you know I, I know last year he had a only a 16% target share, but he had a 25 26% target rate, and there was only five other players that had a that had a comparable target rate: DeAndre Swift, Austin Eckler, Christian McCaffrey, and Alvin Kamara. So he he is an elite receiving back. Uh, he was, you know, he was 14th in PFF up receiving grade, um, and also he had uh, an expected touchdowns of 8.7 and only scored six. So there could be some touchdown regression on on, on his side coming up in 2023. He had almost 1500 totals, uh, 1500 scrimmage yards. So that that the offense is going to run through Ramondre Stevenson, and I don't see anybody in that backfield that's going to contend with him. Maybe Pierre Strong. I know they signed James Robinson early in the offseason, and then they cut him like a month and a half later. Mm. So yeah, because that was he,
2: that killed me. He's
1: one of my favorite players.
2: And when yeah, play I, know, just, I was about a week recovered. away from getting his jersey and now
1: he just he's he just hasn't recovered well from that from that Achilles injury. You know, it's unfortunate. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And that sucks. So, but yeah, it, the offense is going to run through Ramondre Stevenson. I think he's going to potentially lead the uh, the Patriots in actual targets. Um, mm. Even even if he, even if he is a running back, even if he is coming out of the backfield,
0: yeah. I mean, we saw him last year. He scored almost forty seven percent of his fantasy points from the passing game, receiving receiving yards and touchdowns. So, I mean, he was a monster last year in the passing game for sure. I know a lot of people didn't expect that. Uh, real quick about Matt Jones, I know you talked about his deep balls. He was he was you know sixth in the NFL in, in terms of deep ball attempts with sixty nine and completed. Almost fifty six percent of those, which was ninth in the league, so they definitely want to throw the ball deep. Even though he wasn't really that good last year, and you know what you know, with Bill O'Brien, he does run a he he does like throwing the deep ball himself, and they're probably going to be throwing the ball more. So, it should be interesting to see how you know Mac Jones, you know, finishes up. I know Ike is not really.
1: <laughs> off from a fantasy perspective, you're not really you're not really you don't really want Mac Jones. You don't want him to redraft. You definitely. May yeah. take a, You you could take a shot at him at, at in best ball drafts, especially at the end of your drafts, if you want to do a three quarterback build. But yeah. he's he's been twenty fifth or worse in, in fantasy points per game over his first two seasons, in his first two NFL seasons. And so that and that's not that's not going to cut it. It's just not going to cut yeah. it. Rookie year where he was actually good, and you know he had a, a high P, uh, PFF passing grade. Uh, last year he he, he, he nose died because there's basically no offensive system in place. It was just vibes, Matt Patricia. Um, but still, it was a, a relatively comparable fantasy points per game than he was in his rookie, where he's, at, where he's actually good. So yeah. I don't, I don't see the upside in him as a player, especially in fantasy. But th- again, this is probably one of the least family fantasy friendly offenses outside of Ramondre Stevenson. Yep,
2: it's funny you say that too. I've, I'm actually I have not. Really got a ton of shares of Ramondre. I'm, I'm nervous about Ramondre because of this offense and because of what he needed last year in the terms of the passing game. He said 47 percent of his fantasy points came from the passing game. They are not going to run as many screen passes and dump offs as they did last year. It got the entire offense in hot water. So, but I mean, but in terms of just players on the field, he's their best offensive player. So they're going to have to run through it. Just well, it is what it is.
1: And, and with uh, and with Bill O'Brien's like recent history, especially in Houston, uh, we're not going to go back to his New England history because that was, you know, over a decade, all, a long time ago. But his yeah, recent history and in, in, yeah, in his recent history in, in Houston, there were running backs in that system like Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde that got over 250 plus opportunities. And so um, so he, he hasn't shown he hasn't he's he hasn't he hasn't shy away from from feeding one guy a lot of a lot of touches. So I, I think we may see a similar situation here with Ramondre Stevenson. But hey, you're the Patriots guy. You're the insider. You have all the you have all the inside <laughs> yeah. information. So uh, that's why we bring you on the show so you can educate us on you know what you what what you've been seeing and, and things like that. But just based on kind of what we've seen from uh, Bill O'Brien's recent history, I, I I think we we could be you know more we could be seeing more of the same uh, in 2023. Yeah. I was
2: I was fading Ramondre more with James Robinson in town because I do think that if there was a good running back, uh, the Patriots have kept they keep telling us that they want to have a committee. Uh, if you can remember the East West Shrine Bowl game, the Patriots asked to have only satellite backs. There was a lot of smoke that they were going after Bijan Robinson. There's still rumblings up here that they want to bring in a veteran running back to pair up with Ramondre Stephen. One that comes to mind. Dalvin Cook's name continues to to be linked to the Patriots in terms of a surprising uh, signing. The D-hop-Dalvin-Cook connection, they want to play together. Potentially, the Patriots have shown willingness to possibly bring them both in. Uh, so that I've had some hesitations for Ramondre, but if they go into the season with this running back room, you're right, Like 200 opportunities is absolutely on the table. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, the tight end room, I mean...
0: I mean, we talked about them, you know, the two tight end system when he was with New England, but, I mean, when he was with Houston, he never really showed any – there was no – it wasn't much production from the tight end position. He never had a tight end that finished uh, tight end one. They were always middle of tight end twos and later. So, um, I like the Gusecki, but, I, I mean, I just have to see it, man. Just, Just this room doesn't really move me any –
1: and I think they're going to play different positions, right? I don't think you're going to see a lot of Gaseki in line. You're going to see more Hunter Henry oh, yeah. in line. You're going to see you know, Gaseki in the slot. Uh, Hunter Henry's just a year removed from that nine-touchdown season in 2021. So I think, mm-hmm. at least for me, I, that's the guy that I prefer, especially in best ball. He's literally been my last pick or my second-to-last pick on many occasions. So I, I prefer I, I prefer Hunter Henry over Gaseki. Gusecki just – he's super athletic and we we yeah. see all the metrics 95th percentile or better in almost everything but it just doesn't tr- seem to translate to the field like i i, I have yet to see that translate uh, I, I, am i am i crazy for thinking that no. or just oh okay. yeah okay no I, you're not crazy how can you be that
2: athletic and look that
1: goofy dancing no. like shouldn't that your <laughs> athleticism
2: translate in some way shape or form like and i'm with you like 100% we keep saying we keep seeing gasecki rise in adp i'd much rather have hunter henry later because at tight end we're looking for touchdowns and if you're telling me one of these tight ends has six seven eight touchdowns i'm going with hunter henry over hunter,
1: hunter, hunter hurst Henry. hunter hurst henry hunter h- 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 yes h- triple h <laughs> yeah. the game. time to play the, the
0: game
2: boys <laughs> yeah.
0: all right uh i think we've beaten the patriots outlook down to you know to to the ground so let's go ahead and move on to the next scene
1: what's up everybody it's ike from off the line fantasy football i'm excited to announce that destination devi is partnering with underdog fantasy for the 2023 season there's no better way to put your skills to the test against me and other top fantasy football analysts this offseason but here's the best part if you use promo code OTLFF, when signing up, you'll get a 100% deposit match of up to $100. And if you deposit $10, you'll get access to Strategize with us in the Destination Devi Discord. Now, why is this important? You get additional stats, additional tips, and much more to dominate your drafts. And plus, and you know, we got all the information. We got all of the EDU for you. So what are you waiting for? Head over to underdogfantasy.com, sign up, and let's make this season one for the books. All right. The next team we want to talk about is the New York Football Jets. And they're, you know, the, the, headline, of the, the headline of this offseason for them is the, the acquisition of Aaron Rodgers, 39 uh, year old, 38 year old Aaron Rodgers uh, from the Packers. And he brought over a couple of people with him, familiar people with him, Alan Lazard, uh, Randall Cobb, for whatever reason, I don't know why. Um, And they brought in um, offensive coordinator uh, to play, to have, to be offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett, who couldn't hack it in Denver. Opportunity, you know, I had
2: to. I I thought I (laughs) was going to say, "Isn't Gene the new father? Why are you telling the dad
1: jokes?
2: (laughs) Aren't you the cool single bachelor of the pod? Aren't you supposed to bring a little flavor? And you're bringing the dad jokes?
1: I mean, I I just can't help myself. I can't help myself. I love a good dad
2: joke. You ain't gonna (laughs) hate it.
1: so i think uh and also just a couple of other things that they, they drafted israel banakanda in the fifth round running back from pittsburgh who who's super fast i think you know he he ran out like a four or three at his pro day um, and they also brought in Miko uh, hardman from uh from kansas city i don't really see him having that big of a role probably you know some gadget stuff return stuff uh, but that's about it maybe occasional occasional deep shots but outside of that, I don't really see um any any real upside with that. Um but with the offense, I think we're just gonna see a lot of similar similar concepts that they'll have um, that they had in Green Bay um back back when daniel uh, Nathaniel Hackett was offensive coordinator for the Packers um in between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty one. So just real quick, any thoughts on the moves that the Jets made this offseason?
2: I think I know why Aaron Rodgers asked Randall Cobb to come to New York.
1: And I mean no disrespect, Mr.
2: Cobb, when I say this, but Randall Cobb's wife is a certified dime piece. And if she's got friends who look like her, Aaron Rodgers wants that couple around so that he can hang out with her friends because she is a certified dime piece. So that is obviously why Randall Cobb is in New York. As far as the signings, I think it's good for the team for NFL. I don't know how good it's going to be. For us fantasy gamers, Nathaniel Hackett is one of the slowest offenses who loves to run the ball. Who They're still flirting with Dalvin Cook, so they just want players. They want to win football games. They don't give a crap about our fantasy teams. And even when we talk about the high-end assets like Garrett Wilson, we'll talk about him in a second, all these acquisitions can't be the best for him. But I do think, and all said and done, Aaron Rodgers, I think he has a good chance to succeed there. And the main reason being, he's been there since day one. He's not playing that old man game of I'm not showing up to, to you know, things that aren't mandated. I'm not going to put in the work with the guys that I don't know much about. He's there. He's he's throwing passes to the new guys. He's working in the QB room. He's at the facility all the time, and he's been there since the trade went through. So I do think there's a chance that he succeeds, but I don't know how great it's going to be for us fantasy gamers. I really just have a
1: bad feeling about it. And Gene, Gene before you go, uh, real quick. You can tell how how involved he's been this offseason because he actually strained his calf. Remember that early in the offseason? <laughs> he did, yep. He ain't used to all that activity in the offseason. No, not not in May. These, these, these <laughs> not sabbaticals May. and these 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 trips and, and just chilling. So he's not used to all this. So he's his 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 old body is is trying to get ramped up. Yeah. So, so uh, but Gene, you go ahead real quick before we dive.
0: Yeah, into you know, you know, Aaron Rodgers came to the Jets. You know, he brought his bag, but it wasn't
2: Louie. Like Dion said, um, it's just. <laughs> that was just, one of the best quotes of all time, by the way. Yeah. That speech was, that he gave when he went to the Colorado room was all timer. <laughs> it is was.
1: Bad, but it ain't Louie.
0: You know, this ain't Louis. This is that jam sport with the two holes in it, man.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is for all my people up here in the Northeast. That's LLB. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, you know, the media wants the Jets to really be a thing this year. Um We'll see. Uh, we're gonna talk about Aaron Rodgers in depth a little in a in a second. Uh the the moves are cool. Nathaniel Hack is an OC. We'll see. I mean, he didn't really move me with his Green Bay because he wasn't calling the plays. Uh the one thing that I do want to keep in mind is the whole, you know, that running back room. They're eager to bring somebody else in for whatever reason. We've been me and I have been talking about, you know, running backs coming from ACLs that first year. Um when they keep telling you that they want to, they're going to be ready for week one. Nah, bro, they're not going to be mm-hmm. back to themselves till towards the end of the year. So for them to want to really stack it up with with Cook, uh, it's worrisome for for Brees. Uh, but this isn't a surprise to us because uh, we've been seeing this coming. I didn't, we didn't think they were going to try to lean on them. So uh, it's just interesting what they're doing. But you know, they should be they should be better than they were last year with uh, you know Zach Milf Wilson. So. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So let's get into Aaron Rodgers real quick. Start with some of these players. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going off the board is a QB 16. Pick 123 on underdog. I me personally, I don't have a lot of Aaron Rodgers um, because, you know, at that point, at that point in the draft, you're not really getting that much upside. The only time you're drafting Aaron Rodgers is if you drafted Garrett Wilson, which another guy I don't have a lot of. I'm not really as high on this offense as other people claim to be or i'm not sorry as other people are uh, for so for whatever reason i know i know it's an upgrade over zach wilson any you know as as poor as he played zach wilson was damn near at the bottom of you know epa for drop back epa for play um basically every qb metric that there is he was bad and anybody else that they bring in that can throw a forward pass uh, and hit his receiver in stride we're all for it, and Aaron Rodgers is, is is more than capable of doing that. But Aaron Rodgers doesn't possess any upside. Last year, he had 217 yards um, per game, was a QB 22 in points per game, um, and you know, I, I I've, I've said this before. I said this earlier in the offseason, season when, the, especially when the trade went down. This is this looks eerily reminiscent of his days when he was in Green Bay. He has one really really good receiver, and then a bunch of math uh, behind it. Um, and then you know he has a pretty good running back room. Brees Hall, Brees Hall is awesome, but we'll we'll talk about him in a second. But I I don't see I, with with Aaron Rodgers. I mean how how he fits and how he fits into this offense. I I guess it's a I guess it's an upgrade, right? It's an upgrade. It, it's Aaron Rodgers, one of the you know greatest quarterbacks of all time. Um, but he's coming off of a you know uh, his lowest touchdown rate at four point eight percent, lowest since twenty nineteen, um, and his interception. His interception rate was 2.2, and that was his highest since 2017. Aaron Rodgers doesn't, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. Like, that's that's one thing, especially in his MVP years. I think his back-to-back MVP years, he had single-digit interceptions. One year, it was like 48 touchdowns and five interceptions or something like that. Something crazy. Something off the chain. So, uh, just quick thoughts on Aaron Rodgers, and how do you think he fits into this Jets offense? I think
2: uh, he fits. I just don't know how, how good it's going to be. I'm with you on that. Like, I have him. And some teams because of the possibility uh, that he does get, you know, he goes scorched earth. He's motivated. I saw that a number of years with Brady when these guys, these, you know, Hall of Famers get motivated. They can dig deep and have good seasons. So in my super flex win now teams, I've had a little bit of Aaron Rodgers. But in terms of, you know, going out and trading for him or going out and, uh, you know, being aggressive in terms of ADP, I'm with you. I'm just not super excited
0: same i'm not really excited either um it is going to be an upgrade but the this jets all line is definitely shakier than what he's had with the with the packers so um and he's getting older so it should be interesting how you know he maneuvers uh with that um i mean he's familiar with nathaniel hackett so i'm assuming that he's going to be able to call whatever plays that he wants whatever that you know aaron is comfortable doing um but like you said, Matt, like this is one of the slowest offenses when Nathaniel Hackett has been, you know, the o- well, the O.C. quote unquote. So we'll and we did see him with the with with the uh, with the Broncos last year and they were one of the slower teams there, too. So should be interesting. I don't really trust anybody outside of Garrett Wilson.
1: It's it's cool. Man. Yeah. another Just, note about about that, about the uh, the offense being slow. They They were the slowest pace of play in 2021. Um, they were the third slowest in 2020, um, and they were ranked 26th in 2019. So slow, slow, slow. Very, um, very yeah. slow. Um, but their pass attempts, middle of the pack, they were 12th, 13th, and 8th in that same, in that same span. So um, they'll, they'll pass the ball a lot, but they'll, they, won't, they won't run a ton of plays. Mm-hmm. They won't run a ton of plays. All right, so on to the running back room. Starts with Brees Hall. Running back 11, pick 31 on underdog drafts. Yeah, man, the, the, the story here, ACL tear. Recovering from the ACL tear towards ACL week seven. But before that, he was absolutely just smashing first in points per touch, um, six fantasy points per game before the injury. Um, but, you know, the, 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 you know the, the bright side with Brees Hall right now is that he does have a quarterback that has supported a top 12 running back in four straight seasons in four straight seasons so you know with aaron roger aaron Rodgers, you know go back to you know aaron jones uh having aaron jones and uh aj dillon and jamal williams and in, in that running back room uh, this this appears to be you know uh you know something along those lines you know depending on what you see with israel banan michael carter even even uh zonovan nice who who got some looks later <laughs> later <laughs> in the season had some pretty de- pretty, pretty decent weeks um but a couple a couple of notes about the acl tear it does not seem to be as severe as other acl tears recently from uh, other running backs like jk dobbins jk dobbins was like his knee basically exploded and i think and and i think he tore his hamstring as well um but he's it seems to be like he's on the right track of recovering from that and then javante williams he tore multiple ligaments as well Mm -hmm. Brees halls was just the acl just a clean acl tear so I think he's. That's why you're seeing a lot of optimism with him being ready for Week One. But again, like Gene and I said, that that remains to be seen. We don't know how how true true that is because a lot of a lot of these guys take a little bit of time uh, to, to 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 really really feel like themselves again. So quick notes, quick thoughts about Brees Hall.
2: I love Brees Hall, but I I think everyone's missed the window to buy. His price is already up there. You're paying. Like the what you know, running back three in dynasty right now, and it's expensive and there's enough risk there that I'm not really trying to buy right now. But I love the talent, love the situation, and once he's cleared, comes back healthy, as long as Don, Dalvin Cook does not sign there, you know I think Brees Hall can be every bit of the Aaron Jones that we've known to known to love over the last handful of years.
0: Yeah, same. I think that price at RB eleven is way too high for me, especially somebody coming off of ACL tear and with them trying to bring in Dalvin Cook who's another I mean elite running back he's been elite so um I don't want
1: to dabble with him this year honestly and you know another another thing about them wanting to bring in another running back they were actually the top they actually discussed drafting Jameer Gibbs at 15. yep yeah that was another that was another wild wild story that I read I'm like wow they they are they are very insisted on bringing in another another guy for some reason. But I but look, this some reason is, cl- is abundantly clear. It seems like they don't trust that Brees Hall is going to be ready. They don't trust Brees Hall uh, is going to be the guy that he's going to be at least at least early on. Right. So if they're bringing in, if they're trying to bring in a Dalvin Cook, they're trying to bring in another back, maybe even bringing a, a Leonard Fournette or something. That doesn't that does not bode well. That does not bode well. And you know, I, I've I've come around and I started drafting a couple of shares here and there at Brees Hall, just as this as you know as we progress through the summer, um, you know, just in just in case you know we we continue to get pop more and more positive news. But before, like early on, I was fading him. I was skipping over him almost every single time. I don't. I mean, even now, I don't, my exposure to Brees Hall is very is very low. Right. I don't. It's it's a, it's in the single digits single-digit percentile so I I don't have much Brees Hall Gene I would imagine you don't either Maddie I don't think you have much Brees Hall as well mm-hmm. so not this year yeah so you know and the rest of this running back room I mean it's it just you know Michael Carter he'll probably know mm-hmm. Israel Bannon can a fifth round pick he may get on the field because of his speed and his athleticism and his explosiveness but you know that that remains to be seen I don't really I don't really foresee anybody else um, mattering in this backfield. Um, you know, if if Brees Hall is that guy, if he if he ends up being healthy, but if if Brees Hall is gonna miss time, and they don't bring in another running back, who's who's y'all's? You know, gun to your head or girl. I mean, let me not say gun to your gun to your head. Girl Scout, come to your door. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness, come to your door. Uh, <laughs> The, you know, a- asking you this question, you must answer it. Which running back is it going to be?
2: Man, I think I'd rather have a gun to my head than Joe if it's going to my door. Honestly, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick, I, I don't know. Uh, sh- this is a tough. Is I liked Israel Bennett Candy. He's both athletic running back in the class, but he's really straight line speed guy. The Michael Carter. What interests me about Carter is actually what you mentioned a couple minutes ago. They were in on Jameer Gibbs, so they clearly see some sort of need for a guy who's competent in the passing game. And Michael Carter's shown he's competent in the passing game, so I think in PPR formats, give me give me Carter. What sucks about the two of them is that they're going right around the same. They have very similar ADP, so it's not like give me the later one. They're basically yeah. both at the end of you know about after pick two ten. So certainly a better value in terms of ADP. But I guess I I I don't know. I'm gonna go Carter. Gun to my head, Carter.
0: Same. I'll just go Carter since he's the he's been there.
1: And and if for nothing else, he can vulture some touchdowns. He, yeah. can, vulture, yep. he can vulture some touchdowns. Cause I remember last year, Brees Hall got tackled twice at the one yard mm. line, especially against Miami. And yep. who ran who ran those touchdowns in?
0: Mr. 5'9, Michael Carter. Mr. 5'9, Michael Carter. <laughs>
1: Mr. Breaking Tackles, Michael Carter. <laughs> um, so uh just mo- switching gears to the receiving room, starts with Garrett Wilson and Basically ends with Garrett Wilson because he's the only guy that matters that, that we that we care about. Um, and so Garrett Wilson had over 1100 yards, but only four touchdowns um, on, on over 80 catches last year. Solid rookie season. Um, and so I, I I think I think Garrett Wilson's the guy here that we really care about. Only you know he had almost 150 targets, which was almost top five in the league, six in the league um 27 percent targets per route run which is 16. uh his yards per route run was, uh, was just over two which was top 30. um and then he let and then and then he was top 10 in red zone targets and so you would think you know that guy you know a guy with that many red zone targets would you know have more touchdowns but that had to do with a, a target quality from from zach wilson and mm-hmm. And on that note, in games that he played with Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson only averaged 8.8 fantasy points. And in games without him, averaged a whopping 17. So basically doubled his fantasy points and his, his fantasy output with Zach Wilson off the field and not throwing him passes. Crazy. And so, uh, quick thoughts on what you see with Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson's uh, connection this year.
2: One word smash.
1: Smash. There it is.
2: I have almost zero Garrett Wilson, and I don't want any Garrett Wilson right now. I love the talent. For sure love the talent. But if you're going to tell me that he's going to be the Devontae Adams, and think about what makes Devontae so special when he was with Rodgers. It would be fourth and goal, and he would chuck it to Devontae. The the trust was so there. So that takes years to build. And if Aaron Rodgers was expecting to build that that quick with Garrett Wilson, he wouldn't have brought one, let alone two of his buddies, I don't care how attractive their spouses are, uh, he would he wouldn't have <laughs> brought them both there if it wasn't if he was that comfortable with Garrett Wilson. And it's it's just the price you have to pay to get them. And you guys will love this. And a lot of people are talking. You know, do you take Garrett Wilson or, or CD Lamb? Give me CD Lamb. Seven Ways of Sunday. I love CD Lamb. I love AJ Brown. Everyone in this range, I am taking over Garrett Wilson. That's why I'm not. And even in my dynasty leagues, I had an opportunity to sell Garrett Wilson. I wasn't looking to, but I was offered Jalen Waddle plus a second, and I had to take it. Damn. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I am I agree with you. Like Garrett Wilson at
0: wide receiver eight, you know, pretty much at the turn on an underdog draft, that's too high for me, man. That's, I'd rather take Saquon. I'd rather, there's a lot of players. Nick I'd rather Chubb, take I'm in Ross
1: St. Brown. Yeah. Uh, I'd rather
0: take somebody else. I like Garrett Wilson, but that's too that's too high for me man that's a, a lot of high. people
1: a lot of people are like you know double tapping receiver there they they're they're going yeah. Wilson and Adams Wilson and Aminar. Nah, Wilson and like you know and and when you're trying to take down a tournament of over a hundred plus thousand people, hundreds of thousands of people, you have to be different you gotta diversify and taking a you know double tapping receiver at the turn is not diversifying you're just gonna you're gonna be in a, in a similar range, you know people having. You know, fifty. there's like fifty percent of the fifty, sixty percent of the field is going to have that same build, and mm. you're not going to you're not going to find a way to differentiate yourself. So you have to find find ways differentiate differentiate yourself. And taking Nick Chubb, taking Saquon Barkley, double tapping that that's a unique build. Nick Chubb, Tony Pollard, Nick Chubb, uh, uh, any other guy, right? So, yeah, I don't. I, Garrett Wilson, where he's going, a little bit too high, and then the the receivers behind Garrett Wilson in, in, in New York. Not really worth not really worth talking about. You got Alan Lazard at wide receiver fifty one, and then Corey Davis at wide receiver ninety seven. That so that eighty that ADP disparity does not make any sense to me because Corey Davis and Allen Corey Davis has basically been better than Alan Lazard since twenty nineteen on a, on a per you know uh, if if you look at you know at look at receptions uh, per you know per reception uh, yard yards per game you name it. Like he's been better than Alan Lazard. So just tell me like, why, why is there such a wide disparity um, between those two? Uh, I, I mean, <laughs> pe- people don't want to, people don't want to think about this, but there, there is, there could be a path to Corey Davis being the number two wide receiver in, in New York. He, cause he talent wise, he's better than Alan Lazard. He was the number five overall pick, most prolific receiver. One of the most prolific receivers in NCAA history. Um, Definitely pro- most prolific at, at Western Michigan, um, he he just had a, he just had a lot of bad luck. But he's played five less games than alan Lazard, and out produced him, out targeted him in five less games over that same span. So again, a hundred a hundred pick difference between the two. I've been actually drafting a lot of Corey Davis over the over my last several underdog drafts, with my like last pick last pick or two. Mm-hmm. And so it, it just makes sense, right? It just makes sense, you know, to take a shot on a guy that's going to be on the field, especially in two, three wide receiver sets. Um, and he can command targets. He's, he, he's been a, 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 a target. He was a target earner, uh, you know, a couple of years in Tennessee. Um, we haven't seen that from Alan Zard yet. Alan Zard's, you know, advanced metrics and his, his targets per route run, very mediocre for, for, throughout his career. So any final thoughts on these receivers before we move on?
2: Just that zero, we learned, he, we, <laughs> you know exactly zero, zero. Move on. Yeah,
1: because they are because ultimately they are zeros. But I just didn't wanna, I didn't want to point that point out that that wide ADP disparity that should not be. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, people want to talk about talk up Tyler Conklin. <sighs> okay, cool, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't really target the tight end, so it's a mute point to me. You can get him at the end of the Jets if you feel, you know, if if you feel dangerous. Let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. This team, uh, we saw them, you know, surprise a lot of people. I know we were kind of skeptical about Mike McDaniels coming in because nobody knew who he was. He was just a a goofy looking guy with glasses and, um, you know, he looked like he knew what he was doing uh, with this offense. Ran a very similar offense to, you know, what they did in uh san francisco outside but in this case their target um distribution was you know mainly on two players uh waddle and hill um in terms of moves that they made they drafted devon a chain in the third round and then they also uh, you know did not resign mike gaseki they were like we're, we're fine without him because he couldn't block so he couldn't get on the field um <laughs>
1: Durham Smythe took his spot. Yeah, Durham Smythe Smythe. Smythe sent that man back,
0: bro. bro, Durham Smythe, man, can you believe it?
1: Um, Sounds like a
2: country singer.
0: I know. Um, So everybody's back, basically. Like, there's no changes. Uh, They resigned. You know, the small committee of running backs. Uh, They, you know, they drafted another small one. They're looking to get Dalvin Cook possibly, but Dalvin didn't like the offer they brought. So I think my question is, you know, Tua staying healthy and can his efficiency carry over into this new year you know, basically his make it break it year because Dolphins are definitely been flirting with quarterbacks the last two years. And basically this is this is the year for you know Tua to to, you know, make it make his claim that hey, I am the franchise guy or or you can replace me with somebody else. So Y'all give me y'all thoughts on you know the outlook for Tua.
2: Two, I I like Tua, and I think his efficiencies can carry over for two reasons: Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. I mean, those are two <laughs> bona fide Ferrari players, and they're just they're 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 so good at making plays. They're yak monsters, and for all of Tua's faults, one thing he can never be knocked on is his accuracy. He was accurate accurate in, co- in college he was accurate again last year seventh in accuracy rating according to player profiler he had the 50% deep ball completion percentage that was best amongst qualified quarterbacks and last year because of those running those receivers he was first in yards per attempt and first in adjusted yards per attempt uh, it's just betting on the health and it, when it comes to football i don't like to necessarily put too much weight because it's such a violent sport and if once we start factoring you know injuries too too much you just kind of get lost in the weeds. I know he's a little bit of a special case because it's a head thing, but all of a sudden at this value where you're where you can get a Tua, I think he's one of those guys that you can get outside. You know, top fifteen in some cases, and thirteen. I think is where you're typically going. He can creep into that top eight to ten given those weapons.
1: I right, I'm with you there. Uh, he was the second most efficient quarterback in all of football last year. If you look at the the EPA. CPOE composite score. Uh, he was second behind Patrick Mahomes, second in adjusted EPA per play, and second in EPA per play. So the guy was slinging it last year, and he was, you know, obviously these two guys that they that these two speed merchants, these speed demons they have <laughs> outside. We 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 don't we don't have a receiving core that's built like this, right? We don't have two guys that can run basically 4 or two. I know Jalen Waddle didn't test coming out but if you look at him run he's like a 429 guy at least right and we right. know Tyreek yeah. Hill is a 428 guy so having these two guys just basically just be nightmares for defenses is one of the perfect situations especially uh, with an innovative offense with Mike uh, that Mike McDaniel has especially with a lot of in breaking routes a lot of crossers a lot of deep crossers just a lot of innovation i, I don't see how this this efficiency can't carry over um, year over year, but again, the, the biggest thing is his health and the concussions, which are very concerning. He had three last year, three that we knew of, right, that we know mm-hmm. of that he sustained. So who, who knows what happened in the other those other times he's been hit. And so we just we we, we just pray that his health remains, um, and because that's the only thing that's stopping this Dolphins' offense is Tua's health. Um, outside of that, man, like the, the sky's the limit for this offense, especially in the passing game
0: yeah i think he's one of these quarterbacks where where he can break into the top 12 because usually when you think about top 12 quarterbacks in fantasy they have the you know the ability to also run but in this case of how efficient he is and the two weapons that he's throwing to you don't have to run man you just give it to him and you let them go go be them so he's definitely a guy that i've been targeting in underdog drafts uh, as my second quarterback i mean even my first quarterback if i you know if I don't go quarterback early, then I'll wait and you know get to and then tag him with you know with like golf or cousins
1: or something. Uh but, Q, QB nine and points per game last yeah.
0: year. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I like to a lot. He was underrated for sure. I think people were just so were so blinded by the the his health that they just didn't see what he actually did on the field um running back room you know the running back room of five nine running backs 190 (laughs) this is this is where you go to find those jeff wilson raheem Mostert, uh devon a chain he's the highest uh adp wise but all these guys i think they all all should be in the same range they i mean they all do the same thing man
2: hey
1: jeff jeff wilson six foot 210 oh yeah okay
0: yeah my bad you're right
2: you're right Big brother he's big brother in the backfield (laughs) <laughs> he's, he's a big he's a big brother, six foot two
1: ten.
0: I, I didn't realize he was two ten. Okay, damn. Okay. BMI, I mean my mine's 28.5. Yeah,
1: man. Yeah, big yeah, compa- Okay. Compare, compare, compared bad. to the other guys. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad, you. Jeff.
0: My bad, Jeff, man. I should, I should have looked up. I just when I see him in pads, they all look the same. So I didn't I didn't realize he was that big. Okay. Um, but regardless, they are him and most are going around the same range pretty much back-to-back RB 54 for most RB 58 for Wilson a chain is the highest because he's the newest toy in my opinion he's going RB 39 I think that's a little high for him but I mean Jeff Wilson we saw him he had a top 12 uh finish in terms of breakaway runs and rate uh only had 55 percent of the uh, opportunity share but 30th in, in terms of weighted opportunities Um uh, And we know this is going to be a timeshare because they're even still looking for another running back. They've been rumored with Dalvin Cook, but he didn't like the the money that they're offering him. So they definitely want to bring somebody else in here. We saw Raheem Mostert. He had 56% uh, opportunity share, 27th in weighted opportunities, top 20 in yards per per carry and yards per touch. Um, As we said before, this is a very efficient offense. This, This run scheme is very efficient. It doesn't matter who you put back there. They're going to do something. The problem is you don't know who's gonna pop and win. It was always a guessing game. So, for me, that's why I always I After a while, I didn't want to play the game with this running back room, man. It was just, it was too much. Cause remember, even last year they had Chase Edmonds in here at at, at one point, and They oh, just yeah. got rid of him, so it was it was a mess. That so
1: was, that was that was a whiff. That was the huge. I was advocating. I was advocating I was all over Chase Edmonds. Round. I was like, yeah. oh, man, it's going to be a nice offense for him. And he just face-planted. Yep. Like-
2: yeah. We all remember the exact moment it went south is when that ball clanged off his hands Thursday night football against the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Should have had a wide-open touchdown. Yep. it one of these. Couldn't yep. catch and they, it. And they were like, okay, it, you're not the guy. Peace out. You're, yeah. you're, you're, you're then, done. You're and done and here. And here. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. He shook sure them off yeah. a couple yeah. weeks later. Yep. Yep. All right. So what, what are y'all thoughts about this running back room?
2: I
1: mean, right, honestly. Honestly, like this running back. I mean, the Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert—they basically do the same thing, and they're they're almost similar in similar opportunity shares, and they have similar uh, yards per touch and yards per carry. So it's, it's not like they're they they differ that that greatly. But I'll just I'll take this uh I'll take the cheapest guy, right? When it comes to the ambiguous backfield, I'll take the cheapest guy, and it's Jeff Wilson, and he's younger, and he has less injury and he's less injury prone than Raheem Mostert. Um, you just don't know what you're gonna get out of Devon H. Because he's a rookie, and plus. You know, the, the point that you made about them potentially bringing in Dalvin Cook. If they do bring in Dalvin Cook, I think that hurts for me most. I think that renders him inactive on game days and he might get mm-hmm. cut. But and I think Jeff Wilson is the guy that they'll keep along with Devon, obviously Devon A-Chain. So it'll be Cook, A-Chain and, uh, and Jeff Wilson on just, you know, you know running, doing a running back rotation or of sorts. So I, I I prefer Jeff Wilson in this backfield as it currently stands because you just don't know enough about Devon A-Chain outside of him being explosive in, at Texas A&M and, and him having a third-round draft capital. But outside of that, uh, Jeff Wilson's the guy that I would probably lean towards here.
2: Exact Added. same yeah, exact mm-hmm. same for me. I'm just waiting for the, la- the last guy. If you are a believer in Devon A-Chain, he did go to the landing spot that could maximize his skill set. So in your dynasty formats, if you believe in A-Chain, you should be very happy and even the acquisition of dalvin cook I don't think that diminishes h uh, a because what he brings to the table is his explosiveness they're never going to go against stack box with this offense and he doesn't need super volume to be effective so I, I i think he went to the best landing spot now his at his adp I haven't got a whole lot of them Jeff Wilson's a guy won't give me the latest guy uh moster i don't I'm not allergic to Mostert because he's going after pick 175. And if, you know, he's kind of the best available there, I will take that swing. But I like Jeff Wilson also because he tends to finish the season strong. I mean, from week nine on, 16.2, 22.3, 12.2, had two dud weeks, but finished strong with three 10-point uh, games out of the last four. And I know there's – the, the off season is the – this is where you hear this, this comment a ton. Why are you hyping up a guy with only RB2 potential? It's like, did you not forget about last year or the year before or the year before that when the bullets are flying and chaos is ensuing in fantasy football? We all love 10-point running backs. We need those in our running back, too, to win some football games. So Jeff Wilson's that type of guy. Times get hard, man. Again. Times, Time's get When the bullets are flying and you're at and you're in fantasy football war in the trenches trying to make the playoffs, we will get crazy to try to get an RB2. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And Scott Conner always says if they're on a
0: 53, then they have a possibility to make it on my roster because running backs, they're a dime a dozen. And if you get a chance, you you get a chance. So Ch- shout know. out Scott
1: Conner, man. Shout out Scott yeah. Conner. You, <laughs> you know, Scott, have
2: Scott is have a man with, with many, many quotes, but that might be his best. It's, yeah. it's yeah. so true. Running backs, if you're on a 53, you might be for me.
0: Yep. Mm. All right. The passing game for the Dolphins is only two people that we need to talk about. One of them is not Smythe. It is, <laughs> is, it is Tyreek Hill and, and, and Jalen Waddle. These two combined last year for 276 targets, 165 to Tyreek and a 111 to Jalen. So there's really nothing else to talk about in terms of this, wide receiver, this, you know, passing game period, except for these two, you know, Tyreek is going wide receiver four or fifth overall. He had 1,700 yards. I know I, I didn't – bro, just saying <laughs> 1,700 is ridiculous, and this is
1: – That didn't even lead he, the NFL. It's crazy. Bro,
0: yeah, and didn't lead the NFL by, like, 100 yards. Um, just – Justin Dempsey, I didn't. And he's just so I good. didn't – he is. I just didn't think Tyree was going to do this, you know, leaving Kansas City to this you know, unknown because we didn't know what they were going to be. But now that you know – I mean, this is, I mean, I can't argue with, I can't even argue if somebody takes him, you know, wide receiver three, they take him wide receiver two. You take him wide receiver one, cool. I, I'm not going to argue with you, bro. Cause... I've taken
1: him at the one on one in the draft, in the best ball draft. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: I've, de- I've definitely done that because you you've had a pro- portfolio approach. You want to be different. Like, if you get 10 mm-hmm. number one uh, first picks, I don't want to take all 10 Justin Jefferson I, or
1: eight Justin Jefferson, maybe yeah. six Justin Jefferson's and ch- yeah, just kind of yeah, right. mm-hmm.
0: spread it out. Spread yeah. them out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there's nothing really to say about Tyreek. We saw what he did. Even Jalen, like, we saw what he did. Uh, wide receiver 11 right now, going 16 overall. Uh, he was very, like you said earlier, he was very efficient with his, with the touches he got, he, over 1,300 yards himself. Uh, he doubled the yards per uh, reception from, from his previous season. He had less, way less targets. He had 142 20, 2021, only 111 this past season, and still – Finish. Uh, wide receiver one range. I, I mean, there's no. I, I don't really have anything else to say. Like you draft these two, and you just, you just don't even blink.
1: Like just the way, just the way these guys are being used. I mean, uh, it's 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 a very very fantasy friendly offense and a fantasy friendly system. And they're gonna be running open. They're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of open 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 space uh for them to run and, and for them to run because. Every team that faced them, they knew they were getting the ball. They knew Tyreek was getting the ball. They knew Jalen Waddle was getting the ball. It was going to be one of mm-hmm. them, too. You couldn't double them, right? You couldn't okay. double them. So that's why one, if one didn't eat this week, then they're going to eat the next week and vice versa. And gonna be times they both ate. I mean, look at that the, the, the Ravens game in week two or week three where they just both went nuclear. And Tua had like 600 yards and six touchdowns. Video game numbers, right? So that's, that's the ceiling this offense has on any given week um so yeah you know j- again like you mentioned Jalen Waddle doubled his his his, his you know, yards per reception in 20 from 2021 and he had a lot of yak like he had a lot of a lot of run after catch um that that had a lot to do with it and only 75 catches if you if you have 75 catches and getting the almost 1400 yards yeah you're you're doing something right he's being used exactly how he was used at Alabama uh a lot of how he was used at Alabama right so yeah the the the, the as long as these guys stay healthy, you know that they were both over 2.5 yards per route run, which is elite for both of them. Tyreek Hill was absolutely bonkers and absurd, a 3.36 yards per route run. Like that, that's that, that's that's like, it, it's silly. It's silly to even it's silly to even say that because that shouldn't even be possible. But. <laughs> that's like college, that's like college right it's like that's like an elite like a really good college receiver But that he's doing that in the nfl like that's yeah. insane. And so i i don't i mean again we don't really have much to to, to add um, to, to this i mean just stay healthy they can continue to be wide receiver ones yep
2: love them both and the only thing i will add is the the miami dolphins brought in two insurance mike white you know he's not the best quarterback but well, we saw him last year have two games in a row. We had over 300 yards. And if Tua were to miss two games, he could come in and light it up for two games and keep those wide receivers relevant for those two weeks. So I'm not sitting here saying Mike White is any savior, but he's good insurance for any of the fantasy managers who roster Hill
0: or waddle. Skyler Thompson would like a word.
1: Oh, oh you, mean, you mean the guy that started the playoff game against Buffalo and, almost, and, and off by <laughs>
2: three points? Is Scott Sky, Skyler yes. Thompson looks like isn't that he? What's the What was the, the the basketball player's name? Hernan Gomez. He looks like the dude that played with Adam Sandler in that movie. <laughs> That's what Skyler Thompson looks like. <laughs> Willie Hernan Gomez.
0: Oh man! All right, all right, all right. Go ahead and close this out. Man. All
1: right, last team we want to talk <laughs> about is the AFC East champion Buffalo Bills. Um, so a couple moves they made this off season damien Harris, they signed him from the Patriots. They signed Latavius Murray and they signed for whatever reason Trent Sherfield from the Dolphins. Don't know why that happened. Um but they're <laughs> they're one of one of their one of their bigger moves they made, uh, is they drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round, tight end. Um uh, they they panicked, they thought Dallas was gonna take him and they decided to leap leapfrog them and 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 move up in front of them to take Dalton Kincaid. Maybe they would have drafted him, maybe they wouldn't have. Um us as Cowboy fans probably wouldn't have been happy about that pick. So <laughs> yeah, I can um, imagine you guys have been
2: excited. We wouldn't yeah. have
1: been very excited about that pick, but nonetheless, the, he, he is, uh, he's at the, he's with the bills now. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of reports about Dalton Kincaid and how the bills weren't un, weren't sure how to use him. That's pretty concerning. At least for me, at least from my vantage point, I think that's, I, like what like what what do you guys make of that report that you saw like they're they're, they're trying to figure out how to use this guy is he going to be a big slot i mean i don't think he's going to be a big slot i, I think people just kind of threw that around because they didn't know what else to say mm-hmm. but <laughs> what, what do you guys think about uh some of these moves that they made uh especially with Don kincaid in round one um
0: i, I don't know why they signed down kincaid man like he's Dawson Knox is, is, is literally the same. It's like a Spider-Man meme. They're both athletic. They're both like 6'4 and they both can run. They don't want to block. Like, and Don Kikade was hurt pretty much his whole college career. So I don't, I mean, I don't get it, man. You know, it's cool. Uh, hopefully they figure out how to use them or how they how they want to use them. Um, the running backs, they definitely wanted somebody that they can that was a little bit bigger than than Singletary that can. They'll punch it in the end zone when they're close to the goal line. So using Josh uh Josh Allen uh, because they they had trouble doing that last year. So that was the reason for Damian Harris. I mean Latavius, I guess, insurance, I guess, but I mean Latavius is like 33. So but and he's he not was, very good. Yeah, but he was efficient with some of the work that he did. Uh, Where?
1: no, he was not.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. They used they used him in the passing. He was pretty good in the passing game when they used him. This dude uh, for, was
1: not efficient at all.
0: Nah, so. that dude was he, was he was he was he was all right in the passing game for them last year. I didn't say that, oh, Yard,
1: that yards that, per touch 44th, two yards per carry 31st, yards created per touch 52nd, yards created 43rd, juke rate forty-sixth, evade tackles not, 41st, not breakaway running, run rate man. 35th, breakaway runs 29th. Where was That's not thirty.
0: No, not, That's not 30 running. Right? I'm talking about in the passing game, not running wise. <laughs> In the passing game, he was a, he was a he was a lot more active than I've seen him in his career than he was last year for sure. Okay. But okay, um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but again, and we know still, he
1: ain't gonna be using the passing game at Buffalo. No, no, yeah, I'm not even I'm not, not even that. debating
0: that. that. That we know that for sure. We know who's gonna be used. It ain't him. Um, I, I, mean, that's about it. It doesn't really move the needle. I think Damian Harris is gonna be the guy. Latavius, he might be a camp cut by the, by the time we by the time he came in so
2: yeah he could be I the, the I agree with both you guys on the Dalton Kincaid front he's talented but Dawson Knox they they can't get out from underneath Dawson, no- Dawson Knox's contract until after the 2024 season so there's definitely two seasons where Dawson yeah. Knox is around they gave him a four year 52 million dollar deal they, they you know they like Dawson Knox to trade up for Dalton Kincaid I don't I don't know really what kind of sense that makes. In terms of their offseason acquisitions, the only one that I'm excited about is Damien Harris. And I am excited about Damien Harris. I've been getting him all over the place. David Singletary, for better or for worse, while he was on the Buffalo Bills, his four years there, he averaged 12.3 fantasy points, nine. In that season, only had two touchdowns, 11.6 and 10.5. Again, it's nothing super, you know, interesting. It's not it's not going to get you super excited, but you'll take a double-digit type of receipt running back in the trenches of the season. I think Damian Harris can be that with a little bit on top of that. Because Damian Harris showed even last year that he still has a little bit of shake in his game. He you know, He was eighth amongst qualified running backs in juke grade. So I think that was a really good fit for uh, the Buffalo Bills, bringing in a guy like that.
1: Yeah, and then just another note about Dalton Kincaid going off going off the tight end going off the board as a tight end 12. That is absurd. To you me.
2: have to pay for him. You have no idea. No, I don't bro. have to pay, I
1: don't have to do shit. <laughs> 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 about that. I I don't have to do shit. I ain't paying, I, I pay those prices for him.
2: He's like, Ta-da. listen. He's like, listen, dude, I'm the one with the gun to your head. Remember that.
1: <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, I I mean, I'm I'm drafting Dawson Knox late. If if, mm-hmm. if I'm gonna take a Buffalo Bills tight end, Dawson Knox, y'all can have Don Kincaid, um, and we can do the whole rookie tight end thing. We can have that discussion all day long. But at the end of the day, I'm 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 good. I'm good on Don Kincaid. But we'll, we'll talk about we'll we'll, we'll dive more in, in depth here in a second. But we want to just go ahead and start uh, start with Josh Allen really quick. Um, the QB three currently on the going off the board is QB three um, pick 28. His ADP has actually been 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 falling. Over the summer, um, for some strange reason, I know before he was, you know, pick 21, 22. Now he's like pick twenty eight. Like he was early, you know, barely, barely late second round or mid second round. But now he's going like closer to the third round. I've seen him kind of creep into the fourth round in some in some cases. Um, so not sure why that is. I mean, he's, I mean, he he's he's awesome. <laughs> he's had three consecutive years at twenty four plus plus uh, fantasy points per game. And he was PFF's highest graded passer under pressure over the last two seasons. Um, and, you know, he's, he's had nine games of 90, of a 90-plus PFF grade uh, since 2021. Um, Joe Burrow's the next closest player with six. And then also, um, in, in, when it comes to NFL history, he's one of seven quarterbacks um, with three seasons of 35-plus touchdown passes. So he joins the likes of Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre, Josh Allen is on a trajectory right now like like he is he is he is as, as, as close as it gets to an alien quarterback Um, and he can he can give you 700 800 plus rushing yards and six to six to eight touchdowns on the ground as well. So um, so I don't know. I don't know what else we need to say about Josh Allen. I mean, there I know he had a lot of turnovers in 2022. I think he had close to, I think he had, I think he, he, as a matter of fact, he led the, he led the NFL in turnovers last yeah. year, yeah, um, nice but still, shot. but still he had, I mean, he was still putting up, putting up numbers um, from a fantasy perspective, second in fantasy points per game. So uh, over the last three years, he's been either first or second in fantasy points per game over the last three years. So since that, since that 2020, since he got Stefan Diggs, um, it's just been, you know, wheels up for Josh Allen. I don't see that changing in 2023. What do you, what do you guys think?
2: No, so man, I, I don't, don't see it changing. Anything. I think I think Josh Allen's he's he's built for fantasy football. He's great for fantasy football. And the one thing about him that is a little bit extra bonus in terms of being excited, I think the Buffalo Bills. He's so big for that franchise, for that community. They want him to get the accolades. He has yet to get an MVP, and he has yet to get to the Super Bowl. So if I still think that they'll let him play a little bit of hero ball to get those stats, to get that chance at an accolade like an MVP. So I don't think you see much of a fall off here. And I said it earlier talking about the Patriots. I expect the AFC East to be a little bit more point friendly than it has been in the past. And you're talking about Mr. Point Getter in Josh Allen. He's so good at getting his fantasy points that I don't see that slowing down this year at all. Yeah, I, I like that point,
0: especially with their defense not going to be as good this year as it mm-hmm. was in previous seasons. They got they got sniped with uh, from like their linebacker, in you know, in their secondary, even though their pass rush is going to be deadly, uh, you know, with Von Miller coming back, but that that back end is not going to be good. Uh, you know, I don't really have nothing else to add. Josh Allen is just a monster. Mm-hmm. No, I know the only thing that can that was pushing that ADP down was the whole news with with Diggs being you no know, not happy, and people you know went to the extreme with that, but I mean, that was taken care of in the day. So outside yeah. of that, I don't know why he why he. Dropping in the beginning of the third round, honestly. So,
1: yeah. And, and with that, with that Diggs uh, report, he's, he's, uh, he, he sent out a, a, an IG story basically telling us, telling people that, oh, I'm just going to let y'all cap because he knows yeah. all that stuff is just me, a media fabrication. Because a lot of it, yeah. honestly, a lot of it was just the media just hyping it up. Yeah. It was, it was much to do about nothing. And Josh Allen, I think, and, and Diggs, they actually just squashed it the other day. So it's just, it was just something that the media was, was, was running with, and it was a slow news cycle. You know, the June news cycle likes to do these things, right? Mm-hmm. They, like, they like to make a mountain out of a molehill a lot. So yeah, that's one of those things where you're just like, okay.
2: I, and wasn't the I, reason why Diggs missed those two days like something kind of weird, like he needed, to get, he needed to do something? I forget what it was, but it was like a very explainable reason why he wasn't there for one day or two days.
1: It wasn't him being disgruntled. And him no, it wasn't at all, or, or wanting a new contract. It had nothing to do with that. And then even dating back to the um, to the to the to the playoff game situation where he stormed out or or whatnot, he 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 actually tweeted immediately after the game saying, "Oh, I'm supposed to sit around and uh, and accept this defeat or something like that?" Because he was just pissed off about losing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know what 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 guy who loves to win isn't pissed off about losing, especially in the manner which, which they lost. They were at yeah. home. They had all the momentum on their side and they laid an egg at home mm-hmm. and you know, he wasn't involved in the offense. So of course he's going to be pissed off. Big deal. <laughs> Big deal. The media, <laughs> the, the media made it up, made it, made it something, made something out of nothing. But uh, he stayed but anyway.
2: extra late the year before. Remember the picture of him watching the Chiefs celebrate in Arrowhead? He yep, stayed yep. extra or the, yep. the Bengals. Stay. He stayed extra time then. So yep. in the aggregate, it's the right amount of time.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> All right, so switching gears to the running back room, uh, consisting of James Cook and Damian Harris and, and Latavius Murray. James Cook is the highest, the highest one going on underdog at RB thirty, pick ninety-five. Uh, Damian Harris is RB thirty eight, pick one seventeen, and Latavius Murray, who I haven't really seen a, a bunch a ton drafted at all, picks RB seventy-six, pick two sixteen, and then Naheem Hines, who we've been hearing some some stuff about. RB eighty-five, if if that's even a thing, if you're even able to see that far. An underdog, <laughs> uh, pick pick two sixteen plus. I would imagine he's just gonna be you know a special teams kickoff return guy, for the most part. I don't really see him getting much much involved in the offense. Although I I have heard some rumblings here about him wanting him potentially being used in the offense. So we'll, we'll see. I mean they, they 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 did trade for him for a reason, is what they said. Um, but that that could be, you know, if if they do cut Latavius Murray. Which you know, Gene, that that's a distinct possibility. That Naheem Hines slots into that third running back role, and who who knows, man? Who knows? I mean, but that but that's neither here nor there. But James Cook is the is the guy that's going to be probably the RB RB one, or sorry, obviously RB one, according to James Cook, because he was asked, "What's your role this year?" "What's what's your role this year?" And he said, "Obviously RB one." So we're just going to really? take it for we're going to take his word for it. We're going to take James Cook's word for it. You know, he had a uh, he still has that second round draft capital. Uh he was he had he was 4th in yards per touch at 6.2. Um but an interesting stat that I found, uh, so from week 11 um, until the divisional round versus light fronts, um out of 29 qualifying running backs, he was 4th in EPA, 6th in total EPA and 3rd in yards per attempt. So face, facing light fronts is going to be a thing especially if you know if you if you have you know dalton Kincaid split out you know in the slot obviously Stefan Diggs demanding attention uh and josh allen's threat to run i mean there there could be some opportunity for, for 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 james cook to rip off some some, some decent runs and we saw him to kind of do that you know towards the latter half of the season um and n- not only that i mean the, his biggest calling card is especially you know when he was coming out of georgia was his ability his ability to, to catch passes out of the backfield At a 1.43 yards per route run, which is 15th, and so I think I think James Cook is going to be is going to be super involved um, in the passing game this year. Uh, And there's a lot of targets, a lot of targets available in Buffalo. There's over 192 available targets vacated from last year. You know, from uh, from you know uh, Isaiah McKenzie, John Brown, Cole Beasley. uh, You know, there's uh, obviously Devin Singletary. All these guys had you know. There's there's a lot of targets up for grabs. Uh, last year, James Cook did have two finishes in the top 24, had 19 catches. Now that's there's a there's a lot to be desired there, but there's a lot of op- there's there was you know Devin Singletary dominating some snaps, but over the course of the season, you know James Cook started getting a lot more work and started becoming more more useful. So we'll see. Um, you know, 20 21 percent of the team's targets did go to the running backs in 2022, and that was up from 16 in 2021. So, hey, uh, that that's a little that's a little step in the right direction for James Cook's uh, outlook for 2023. Any thoughts on James Cook?
2: This might be unpopular, but I have not been all that excited to get James Cook really anywhere. Last year, you said he was hyper efficient, didn't really lead to a whole lot of fantasy points. And then sometimes you just hear something and it just it just sticks with you. And someone called him this generation's Duke Johnson. And I thought to myself, oh, I love Duke Johnson, but he never fired. James Cook has a lot of similarities. And if he doesn't fire the next year or two, he will be this generation's version of Duke Johnson, where he's hyper efficient, but for whatever reason, he can't fire in fantasy. And in the range that he's going, it's, it's fair. I don't think it's egregious how high he's going. But just in terms of my personal preference, I've been going with the David Montgomery's Antonio Gibson's over. Antonio Gibson. Cook. Uh, so I haven't gotten a lot of James Cook. I do think he's a bit of a trap, but if you were to have him on a team like in Dynasty, I'm not selling him because the efficiency metrics are there. The you know the bloodlines there, the talents there. Uh, so I, I do see the intrigue with him, but I've I've kind of been fading him so far.
0: I'm kind of on the same boat with Matt. I know I, me, I have been going back and forth with James Cook for for a little while now. The talent is there, just, I mean, I don't know, man. They brought Damian Harris. Damian Harris is going to be the first and second down back. Like, he has a track record that showed that he can do that. James Cook can probably supplement here and there. You know he's going to be the passing down back for sure. So, essentially, he has the 40% role in terms of running back, in my opinion. Um, and, like you said, like the you know RB30 is fair. I think that's a fair fair price to pay for him. I also leaned more on, you know, if I'm choosing, I'm going, you know, Antonio Gibson, um, you know, Samadji Pirine. Uh, but I think James Cook right now is fairly priced. I just, I mean, I just need to see it. I know he, he's flashed, but in turn, in, in when he's gotten some of these carries in some of these games, like he's, you know, rip off eight yards of carry, seven yards of carry for these games that he's, you know, he's had like 10 or more carries, but, in in those games but i just think i in my opinion i think they're going to lean on damian harris to be the person second down back so that hinders his possibility of james cook being the rb1 like he said so
1: so you're not worried about them potentially leaning on damian harris to you know uh you know you're not worried about damian harris's like injury history over the last 3 years he's missed 13 games over the last 3 seasons and he's probably going to be battling Latavius Murray in camp. Um,
2: oh, now all of a sudden you're Latavius. Murray.
1: <laughs> that's so- that's, who, that's that's who's battling, <laughs> right? They're they're battling for that role.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are battling because they're the same but type of back. Yeah,
1: they're the same type of back. It's 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 James. We know James Cooks he has he has draft capital. We we know what his role is going to be. I mean, and if anything, yeah. if anything potentially clears up. There could be a lot of carries from him. like people are pretending like James Cook is not going to get any carries, right? No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, Pretending like he's yeah. not going to get any carries. Like, come on, like he's yeah, going to get some yeah. carries. He's efficient when he touches the ball. But um, to the point about I said uh, I mentioned about them battling Tavis Murray in camp, I mean, that's that's what's going to happen. It's just between those two to, to compete for that that grinder role. Right. That grinder role. Yeah. And, you know, Damien Harris does not have, a, you know, a, the best track record with with health. I'm just saying like you know he's had two seat- he's been in the league 3 years. He scored 20 touchdowns, 15 came in one year. So he's been bookended by two touchdowns one year and three touchdowns the other year. Um so is he closer to the two touchdown guy or the three or the 15 touchdown guy? Yeah. Maybe somewhere in between. Conventional wisdom would suggest that, but no nobody knows nobody knows yet. I mean we 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 have to see, you know, more consistency from Damian Harris cuz yep. Um so the so that's- the
0: one so the so my only Thing with that what i would say to that is that the one thing the one thing that for a running back you want the running back who's going to get the premium touches who's going to be the one that's going to carry the ball in the red zone outside of josh allen and you looking at the backs you're going to look and you're going to you're going to look at damian harris as being that guy that's going to get that premium touch inside the red zone so if i see james cook you know getting in there and he's he's going to be the one getting leaned on then yes i get it but Know right now, if I'm looking at the two, I'm gonna look at. You know, Damian Harris is gonna be the guy because he's the bigger back with the
2: track record of, you know, punching in an end zone. So, there we we. I was on the Sonic Truth Dynasty show a few weeks ago, and we asked this question around the table: If you could, you know, find this fantasy football genie and ask them one question and get the a certain metric that actually happens, get it ahead of time, kind of see the future. One thing I would love to see is how they disperse the routes between Damian Harris and James Cook, because none of us believe that they, you know, Devin Singletary is a good pass-catching option, right? None of us would assume that Devin Singletary is this pass-catching weapon. But last year, he ran the eighth most routes amongst qualified running backs, had a 51% route participation rate, which was top 12, and had a 10% target share. So it's not that they're allergic to throwing to the running backs, and if I knew – that James Cook was going to take a brunt of that vacated targets, man, I would be a little bit more excited about it. But they're also telling us that they don't need a prolific skill set to allow their running back to run those routes. So Damian Harris, who has shown that he can be competent in the passing game, if he is the guy that picks up those routes, that's something I wish I knew because it would sway who I'm really kind of leaning towards in terms of who do I want my fantasy team. Yeah, and I mean, I
0: would I would say the Buffalo, in terms of throwing the running backs, they're kind of middle of the pack. So I mean, there there's a point taken. There's 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 points to be had there for sure. And everybody's gonna obviously we're gonna assume that James that's James Cook that was his calling card. So
1: his receiving grade wasn't great, and his yards per hour run was 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 okay. So um, yeah, I mean, who's Devin Singletary?
2: Oh, it was ter- yeah. His rounds, yards per hour run was outside of the top. It wasn't good. But they let him run the routes. So if I knew that those routes were going to go mostly to Cook, I would be like, well, he's obviously going to excel better than that. But if they're also willing to give a guy who wasn't good at playing, you know, the running back or receiving role at running back in Devin Singletary, maybe they're okay with it being Damian Harris. So I just wish I knew how that was going to go.
1: And I think I think that both mostly boiled down to trust in him just being a veteran and him understanding the system. Yeah, that was his fourth year in the team. Yeah, it's fourth yeah. year in the team versus James Cook was being a as a rookie. So you know, like they, you know how they like to treat rookies. Yeah, they don't yeah. they don't get them on the field early. You know they 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 want to give them you know more and more opportunities uh, later in the season as opposed to early in the season. So they yeah. just kind of go with the safe guy early on.
0: Yeah, and then we still got Naheem Hines, who's who was a really good pass catcher, but didn't get used. It'd be interesting what they do with them. So there's another person that he might have to deal with in the passing game. So
2: all right, and so, I like Spoil Latavius Murray.
1: <laughs> yeah. well, you know i used to be a latavius murray truther back when he was in oakland uh, yeah. or, or back with back when he was with the raiders i i i was a big latavius murray guy but um over the years
2: yeah it's tough that, but he's it, been around man i mean he's he, been you around respect to that he, guy he he's, is he's been around
1: he's, he's been, been around in the soft. league yeah all right so we'll we'll close it out with the receivers receiver room really quick uh starts with Stefan diggs Ah, uh, wide receiver five going at pick eight. So basically, you know, so, you know, the middle of the first round. Not really too much to to, to say about this guy. I mean, since twenty, I mean, since twenty twenty, he's finished as a top twelve receiver in thirty seven percent of his games with at least twenty five games played, and that's that ranks sixth in the NFL. So like Stephon Diggs has just been cooking every single year that he's been in Buffalo. Second in target since twenty twenty. You know, he was fourth in red zone targets in twenty twenty two, and. He's one of 10 wide receivers uh, to be targeted on 24 plus percent of their routes in over the last two years. And so tar- you're gonna, you're going to get targets with Stefon Diggs. You're going to get production with Stefon Diggs. You're going to get a guaranteed 100 plus catches, 1200 yards, double digit touchdowns as long as him and Josh Allen are together. I don't see how that how that changes and all this stuff about all the stuff in the offseason about Diggs potentially being unhappy. I don't buy it at all. I don't think, I don't I don't buy it at all. Um, but we 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 know what Stefan Diggs is. The one thing about this team that we that we're trying to figure out is who's going to emerge as a number 2. I mean, we thought it was going to be Gabe Davis last year. He had some spike weeks. He had that big playoff game against Kansas City 2 years ago, but he wasn't consistent. He wasn't consistent. He was like the wide receiver 30 or 38 or wide receiver 42 last year. Um, so he he disappointed a lot. He was going as, going in the fourth round or fifth round in most drafts. Uh, now I mean his now he's now he's going wide receiver forty one. You know pick seventy eight. Um, his 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 metrics aren't great. Not he doesn't have a great targets per route run. Doesn't have a great yards per route run. So I mean his A dot is is fifteen point two. It's relatively high. It's always been high. Um, and his catch rate is only fifty five percent. So. I, I don't, I don't know. It, Gabe Davis is too like inconsistent, and he's the only guy that's that that's that seems to be a factor right now. I mean, you have Trent Sherfield, Khalil, Khalil Shakir, and Deontay Hardy in in that receiving room, and I mean, like, <laughs> you, you don't have exactly. I, I'm I'm speechless because there's really not much. There's really not much behind Gabe Davis. I mean, so so by default. He's the number two, but I mean, I'm curious to get you guys' thoughts on what you it's it can anybody emerge? I mean, anybody else emerge? Like Dalton Cade, can he emerge? I mean, we already talked about how he's too expensive, but when it's all said and done, will he be the number two receiver? Will Dawson Knox be the number two the number two, you know, pass catcher? Or like what's what what do we make of this receiving core, this pass catching room behind Stefan Diggs? Because we already know what Stefan Diggs is.
2: I think it's a lot of the same as we saw last year where like Gabe Davis has spike weeks because he does have that ability, but they're just craving that number two receiver. I wish they would have been a little bit more active in the NFL draft. I know they didn't have the best picks, but going Kincaid in round one and then not really doing anything on the offensive side of the ball till Justin Shorter, who has like really just Gabe Davis qualities, if anything at all. So they didn't really do anything to, to address that. And there were some receivers if they would have traded up in the second round where I think they could have absolutely smashed, if they came away with a Jaden Reed, uh, even like a Jonathan Mingo, who could have been like that big, who they actually did pass on to go with Osiris towards, which is a good pick. I understand the guard there, but uh, maybe even Tank Dell later. There was uh, guys who they could have brought in that really could have helped this offense. But in terms of the number two pass catcher here, it's really up for grabs. And if James Cook does get those routes that are vacated, by Devin Singletary, You could be James Cook. James, yeah,
0: I'm, I mean, yeah, you do have a point there. It could be James Cook. Uh, but, I mean, it looks like it would be more of the same in terms of just being Gabe Davis. Just hope he can stop dropping a lot of passes. <laughs> I mean, he ran 500 routes. He was, a, I mean, one of 25 players that ran that many routes. For him to only have 82 targets is shame on him.
2: So <laughs> he wins the wind sprinter
1: award
0: dude, of the year. No, like, no,
1: no, 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 no. You know who won the wind sprinter award of the year? Elijah Moore. Yeah, Elijah Moore. Yes, he was running a hella wind sprints. Yeah. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, you just need Gabe Davis. Honestly, if he's going to get this many, just that many targets, he needs to score a lot more touchdowns, honestly. But 15.2 A dot, I mean, That's you nice. would expect. It's nice, yeah, but not on 82 targets. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. 15.28 two that's 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 high for any amount of targets, right? Yeah, but yeah, I it know.
0: is. But but for him to only have 82 targets in this type of offense, this is a 28 points per game offense, and you're only getting that. Come on, bro. And most it's not of it's like
1: going to digs,
0: yeah, it is mostly. <laughs> we, we love digs. that. Yeah, if you got
1: digs, yeah. you love that. If you got digs, yeah. you love it. You love to see it.
0: Yeah, this is true. I mean, I don't even want to talk about these other guys. There's the other receivers. None of them have done anything. Yeah. Um, the tight ends, they don't throw that much to the tight ends. People hype up the tight ends, but he don't. This offense don't throw the tight ends. Like they're one das of the Knox lowest percentage.
1: Dawson Knox is TD or bust. That's yeah, Right. That's all yeah, it is. yeah. Really.
0: This is not like so. And I'm Dave still
1: Davis. drafting him late because yep. if yep. if there's so one thing not? you want, if you, if you if there's one thing you want out of a tight end, it's for him to all his ass in the end zone. That's all yep. you
2: need, man. That's all, all you really need. All you
1: need, especially yep. late get, drafts.
0: Yep. Yeah. yep, get about three of those, and hopefully one of them hits a week. But yep. yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis would be by default. If it's not him, then you better hope it's James Cook. If you draft him higher than RB thirty, uh, this is the AFC East preview. And of course, we had to bring our boy Maddie because he's you know he's the new england patriots fan the biggest fan that we know one of the fans of the show someone that we kind of came in came up when we started doing content creation for fantasy football so we had to bring our 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 buddy on here and i mean we met him at the fantasy expo for the first time last year i know he's gonna be there again i know ike's gonna be there sadly i can't be there because you know I, I, i had i haven't I don't think I'm have enough brownie points in terms of this new baby. <laughs> to be able to make it.
1: But you still got a month. Yeah. You still got a month to, to, I do to gather still got them up.
0: A month. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Very true. Um, you no, know, but you no, know, Maddie, do you wanna plug anything before we get up out of here? You got any
2: anything you wanna shout out or anything like that? Well, first of all, I wanna give you guys a shout out because you guys are awesome. Some of the best guys in the space in terms of your analysis and also just like as dudes. Like, you guys are awesome. I love hanging out with you guys. Thank you so much for having me on. But in terms of the, the content stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Kiwoom. Uh, I got everything coming out at Player Profiler, the game plan each and every sa- Saturday. I had you guys on. We talked best ball. Definitely have mm-hmm. you guys on again as we get closer to the season. Get these get these ladies and gents all set up for their redrafts and all their uh, you know draft seasons right around the corner. So definitely going to have you guys on again soon. Uh, the Trade Gods on Thursdays with my man Jason Allwine, And like I said, patreon.com slash the executives me and Cody Carpentier.
0: Don't forget about that all gas newsletter that we drop every Friday at 7 a.m. You can find it on Destination Debbie uh Twitter, or you can find it on either one of our tours as we retweet it. Obviously, you can follow our official Twitter handle at Off The Line FF. You can follow me at Fantasy Genius, that's G-E-N-E-S, Ike at just underscore Ike oh nine. Ike, you got anything before we get up out of here?
1: Nah, this is a dope episode. Matty, appreciate you coming on. a blast as always always enjoy having you on, and we definitely got to hop on the game plan again during the season Yep, Um, over there, over there, player, player profile land, uh, doing some really really dope stuff over there. So, uh, you know, so so shout out to you on that. Congrats on that. Uh, But yeah, that's 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 all I got. It's a fun, fun show.
0: Yeah, man, I definitely enjoyed this one talking AOC East for sure. So y'all tap in with us next week as we hit another team, uh, you know, conference outlook of, of teams. From a fantasy perspective, so you know y'all have fun drafting your Scott Fishbowl teams. You know we got the fantasy, uh, fantasy expo coming next month, so if y'all go into that, make sure y'all holler at anybody from Destination Debbie holler at Maddie, holler at any of us, who, or not, uh, not not me. I'm not including us, but you can holler at Gene <laughs> You can holla at a baby. <laughs> yeah, you can holler at me on <laughs> so, Twitter. So, just okay, I'll see you be in. there in person. You yeah. In <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we'll holler at y'all next week.
1: Peace out.